0: Three, two, one. Infected with what? (laughs) Rage. You what, governor? (laughs) That's how he says it, okay? I was... It was an accurate (laughs) quote. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sex. This is Sardonicast. Hello.
1: I'm Alex Romaychi, and I'm drinking my cup of tea. Actually I'm as well. It's energizing me. I'm
0: feeling good. <laughs> to be fair, you were doing uh, a <laughs> Canadian all throughout your jar episode <laughs> where you're talking about Tit. True. It was like sor- <laughs> sorry, eh? The entire Sorrier. Exactly. So <laughs> it's it's fine.
1: it's yeah, fair. I feel like yeah. Come on, make fun of the you can make fun of the British accent all you want. I think mm-hmm. I think that's totally fair. We're we're nuts over here.
0: I think I think I said it exactly how it sounds in the movie. I think that's exactly how it's Yeah, they
1: got some really thick southeast London accents going on. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: We went to TIFF. We went we went to the Toronto International Film Festival. Oh yeah. And it was so much fun. And we were there for like a week and a half. Yeah, it was like ten days I was there. It was dope. It was uh Alex's first time in Toronto. Yeah, my
1: second Canada trip, but first time in Toronto. Cool city. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed it actually. Yeah. Yeah, I loved all did. the different theaters we went to, or the or the restaurants, or the, or the people we met. Yeah, it was it was awesome.
0: You saw Ralph for the first time. That was pretty cool. In person. I know.
1: Yeah, we got that picture on Twitter by the what was it, Michaels? Like a yeah. store I've never heard of.
0: <laughs> um. We were just. It was late. It was like, where where do we fucking take this photo? Oh, okay, I know what to do here. And then some random drunk guy wanted to be in the photo, and then. I took a photo with him. I didn't release that one though. Maybe I should.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe you should. <laughs> I kind of regret not joining you with that, but like my, my instinct was to kind of walk away from the stranger yeah. approaching the the clearly on something or drunk as hell stranger yeah. coming towards us. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> <Like> mumbling.
0: <laughs> in any other city, like especially if I was in the United States, that I might I, don't, I might be a bit more cautious. Not saying that Canada mm. doesn't have tri- c- c- crime. Not saying that Toronto doesn't have crime or anything. But I guess I'm just—I guess I'm less scared <laughs> about things happening yeah. in Canada in general. So yeah,
1: that, that's I, fair. I—I
0: I didn't completely lower my guard. I was still—I was still cautious in the sense that I didn't like go right up to him if he was going to try and like I don't know steal something. But yeah, yeah, who knows? Out. I don't know. It's a weird—it's a weird ask to just be walking by and then demand to be in someone else's photo
1: it's yeah like, what are you trying to do are
0: you trying to <laughs> like what was us? it like 10
1: 11 at night
0: <laughs> yeah it was it was dark out but you know it turned out fine yeah got a good photo out of it in saying that though it did it,
1: i did feel very safe in the city overall even mm-hmm. that night like i got lost at like two in the morning and i had to walk back <laughs> to the airbnb like i felt fine like walking that way home like yeah. i never felt in danger so yeah
0: yeah yeah it's a better it's It's a lot. to better than like downtown seattle i I did a (laughs) a movie trip Mm -hmm. solo and then i came out of the theater knowing that i could just walk back to my hotel you know in 10 minutes but i guess i didn't plan for it or think that the downtown would be as scary (laughs) and just desolate and like nothing's there except the odd occasional like scary person that really looks like they want to fight I'm like, okay, I just got to look scarier than them. I just got to look crazy. <laughs> and it works. And I'm, no, like, I, you know, I'm tall. I remember but...
1: that when, um, when we went to Seattle for those couple of days, um, mm-hmm. like it was desolate. It was, yeah. it was quite weird. It, no, no vehicles even. It was like quite, what was, is it? Is it 20 years later right exactly. now? This is creepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the gum wall and everything. Luckily, yeah. We were in like a group at that time, but I wouldn't want to be alone for sure.
0: Yeah. In the middle of the night, it's like, what? What? What's what are you gonna do if you need help at any point? No one's around. Like you can't do anything. Yeah. Whereas, like in Toronto, it's like there's someone, like ten feet away at all times. Yeah,
1: cars everywhere, people everywhere. Yeah, still
0: alive at night in the downtown. Yeah, Montreal's got a very uh, active nightlife as well. Drinking some Mountain Dew because I'm fucking overworked myself and I haven't been sleeping much. And so I'm like, well, let's let's get this caffeine up. And now I'm just thinking. It's crazy that we put this in our bodies. <laughs> it's just, it's the, literally mystery. you got like a crazy flavor syrup. or anything? Or it is, it's a literal the... mystery. It's the mystery flavor the fr- 2023 oh, it's an... <laughs> voodoo Halloween thing. I was told oh. that every, it's the fifth one. And I was told that every other year it's been a candy. And so the the reveal would take place like, I don't know, on Halloween or something. <laughs> in the past four years, it's been dumb shit like Starburst skittles it's like that's not a flavor what you they have (laughs) like every starburst flavor in one drink and then you can't cross-reference it because they just you can't find them anymore after they announce the flavor it's like oh you sneaky fucks so what's this one gonna be
1: ew sounds gross it's dumb fluorescent is it dumb
0: it's got some (laughs) it's got some caffeine in it it's disgusting i don't like it it's dumb.
1: Yeah, it reminds me of my teenage gamer days. So I remember winning like a copy of Halo 4 off a goddamn Malibu <laughs> Dew drink. <laughs> Mountain dew. A Dew yeah. drink. Not, not good. Drinking some not Dew. Good, not good. I want my tea and coffee now. No more of the crazy drinks.
0: Mm-hmm. So Alex and I both posted, well, mine's not out yet, but I recorded it and it should be out soon, maybe by the time this episode of the podcast is public. We both posted and are posting more detailed reviews of the films we saw at TIFF on our own respective Mm. channels alex on his second channel mine on my yms channel there will be a big tiff video so we're not gonna we're not gonna go into detail about every movie that we saw right now it would take too much time and we you know we already have those videos that we're working on but i figure we should maybe mention a couple movies and we'll save some in our pockets for when they get a wide release later in the year like we'll probably want to talk about dream scenario when everybody else has seen it also and they can yeah want to listen to the uh conversation apparently november 10th and zone of interest too yeah sure. so who knows who knows when Agro drift or derwunft is getting a release Drwunft. it's not like <laughs> it's not like a movie you can really spoil and it's so dumb no like is it getting released so dumb at any point point. Because I'd buy a 4K Blu-ray, but <laughs> is there <laughs> any point? Like, will it will it get released on like the the Google Play Store for phones only? Is it one yeah, of these? Are they going to it on
1: Shudder or something? Because it's yeah. not a movie. Where are they going to hide this?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think it's. I think Shudder is even. There's more legitimacy. <laughs> to that, then, like to to put that on your platform, yeah. But
1: where would you put it? Where does where does this film belong? I would argue nowhere except a um, M- movie madness. <laughs> That's
0: yeah, the one place it belongs. Midnight Madness.
1: Midnight Madness. Yeah. Yes.
0: For those of you don't know who don't know, Agro Drwunft or Drift <coughs> is the newest Harmony Korean film, but it's not really a film, and uh, it's uh, the whole thing's in heat vision. They they uh yep. <laughs> I guess rented some NASA cameras where it's infrared and you it's like a heat map. And instead of doing anything interesting with it, they kinda just like filmed themselves getting drunk and twerking. Yeah. For eighty minutes. That's right. Lots and, and
1: lots of twerking. Tons of twerking. Heaps of twerking.
0: And just just and, and, and saying the same dumb shit over and over again. <laughs> what was it, what was he saying in the Q and
1: A? was like saying it's got a liquid narrative and it's like inspired by video games. It's a piss you know, narrative. Like the, yeah, it's kind of got that synth wave kind of aesthetic. That's what he's trying to go for. I think
0: it's, um, it's the first trickle down movie.
1: <laughs> when he was saying like when he was trying to justify it on stage just like I just want to say like, shut up man <laughs> pretty much <laughs> you feel like no
0: yeah I think he would like that. I think he's happy that he trolled everyone. He's got he's got a little bit of entree in him, you know. Yeah,
1: no, I can appreciate that about it. I can appreciate the troll. Like I, that's exactly how I felt was that I was just being trolled for an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people trickling out the theater like it's just like... <laughs> Trick. It's like, just like a big middle finger, like uh, yeah, an endurance film. Like man, I, but every time I've like spoken about this movie so far, like I mentioned it on Joe, I mentioned it on this uh, Tiff video I put up. Like people are just getting more excited to see it. I feel like it's one of those. Yeah. But I'm telling, I'm telling you, it's the conversation outside of it that is the fun. Like the exactly. actual movie, like sucks. I'd watch it again. <laughs> the movie sucks, man. It's unique. Uh, I, yeah, maybe I would with some people. I don't know if I could, uh, sit through it myself. Like, i just feel like a dumbass,
0: honestly. I feel like...
1: <laughs> I just feel like I'm being... <laughs> is,
0: is that not what you want <laughs> out of a, a liquid trickle-down narrative?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to feel the contempt for the audience, like, seeping through.
0: It makes you feel better if you know other people are getting mad about it. So if you just remember the people that got more mad than you, then you feel fine.
1: Yeah, at least I made it to the end. Yeah. You know, a lot of people couldn't say that.
0: Yeah. One guy stormed out and yelled. But he he did make it to the credits. He just stormed out and yelled after the credits started rolling, which was very funny.
1: <laughs> I wish I heard that guy.
0: Oh, yeah, he was right next to me. He wasn't very, like, he yelled, but he wasn't, like, you couldn't hear him throughout the entire theater or anything. Yeah, yeah,
1: over the cheering. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> Most of the movies we saw at TIFF... Were fantastic. You know, yeah. some of the best movies we've seen the entire year. Pretty much like my entire, if I were to make a top 10 list of the year right now, it would be like eight or nine of them would be just things I saw at TIFF. Always mm-hmm. very happy with the uh, programming, with the lineup. Aggro Drift is a bit of a meme though, and I'm happy it was there. I'm happy it was there. It, it, it makes sense for the Midnight Madness programming. I would rather Definitely. have seen this film at TIFF in Midnight Madness than anywhere else it made the experience a lot better.
1: I agree. And it was definitely the conversation piece of like the whole festival. It was the movie everyone had a strong opinion on. Yeah, yeah. And some people like genuinely love it. Like I saw Karsten's review on Letterboxd. He's given it like a four star. Oh yeah,
0: he posted his full one?
1: No, no, just just the rating. I I don't know if he said a full thing yet. Damn, um, gotta pick his
0: brain on that one. Yeah, I'm curious. (laughs) Well, I'm sure he'll release a video or something, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not... (laughs) <laughs> it's 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 simultaneously brilliant and the stupidest fucking thing that's ever been made. Mm. Right? There is there is some brilliance to there to to the film. It's not genius. It's not even a smart movie. <laughs> but brilliance in the sense no. that it exists and someone is willing to put it out. It's brilliantly and, stupid. And someone is willing <laughs> to show up. <laughs> And not be embarrassed enough to actually do a Q&A <laughs> about the yeah. movie and introduce yeah, it.
1: Yeah, props to him for doing that, actually. Like, actually yeah. showing up. And then, like, after the movie was over, just coming on stage, and he just play, played an entire song off Spotify for oh, like, yeah. three minutes without saying a word. Like That was funny. That's kind of the movie summed up. Yeah, yeah. he
0: put his phone up to the microphone, and Peter Kaplowski is just <laughs> there, like... What are you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, everyone just stunned silence, just like listening, I guess. Yeah. Like waiting for something to happen.
0: <laughs> well, so I I, I thought... Um, I, I had a thought in my head. Uh, I was on stream talking about something and I thought like, you know, a lot of... There's a lot of indie directors and I, I think we were talking about like the Marvels or something about some people are mad about <laughs> her comments about the movie and she's essentially trying to you know in in something she's saying it sounds like she's she's basically just saying like oh I didn't have that much creative control which is essentially just saying Whose comments
1: sorry the director
0: the director of uh the Marvels or whatever. Of oh, the Marvels yeah, okay. I think she did right. um the new uh, what's it called? The B horror movie? What's it called? Candyman? The Candyman right? B movie <laughs> Is it the director of Candyman? Um, Nia DeCosta. Yeah, yeah, Candyman. Okay.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. you're right. So apparently there's some quotes of her being, you know, talking about how she didn't have that much creative control and kind of got into a conversation about like, okay, well, if you're doing a fucking Disney Marvel movie, you can't expect to have that control. And when the movie's mm-hmm. coming out, you want to just remember how to play ball. You're there to promote the movie. Don't do your whole like, oh, this movie sucks. And if, if I wanted... My If I had it my way, it would have been better. Like, you knew what you were signing up for. Stop doing that shit. And th- so then I, I kind of thought about, like, you know, if I if I got approached by Did- Didney and they were like, mm-hmm. make the f- next Marvel movie, here's a bunch of money, I think I might do it because you know who who care it, it would help me fund other projects or whatever if, in this hypothetical reality where i'm like an established director or something or anybody that they would even want in this hypothetical hypothetical reality mm-hmm. and then i thought about like okay so if i was in this situation promoting the film i think i would just go full troll mode <laughs> and just full sarcasm i would be if i would be interviewed about the new marvel movie and i would be like i have changed how cinema is made You don't understand what you're about to watch. It is going to change the landscape of everything. And then I realized this is what Harmony Korine did. I think that I think that's what <laughs> he's doing with the movie. Yeah, is he knows right. he's made something that's so dumb that his entire <laughs> marketing campaign and it go, it goes beyond the Q and A that he had to Tiff. <laughs> like this is apparently there's been a lot of viral marketing stuff that they've been doing for the film that I was not even aware of. Where they're talking about like yeah, this is the thing that comes after movies. It's not even a movie anymore because it's like the next step <laughs> and. Experiences, bro, and it's like I think that's just what happened. Is he went full troll mode because if he he was earnest about anything that he was saying, it would just be like, you know, I farted this out. We filmed what could have been a music video in like a day, and then just kept all the footage.
1: Mm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. I think I think you're a spot on there. Because um, of course, like Travis Scott is like a fairly big part of it and i know that he's like on instagram and stuff with like images from it so that'll probably help the promotion of the movie and honestly i don't know when i saw on imdb that travis scott was in it i was like oh <laughs> god what is what is going on here but like the this travis scott bit is like the hilarious the most hilarious part of the movie to me yeah it was like that's <laughs> you like fit in perfectly <laughs> with what they were doing here
0: yeah wake up do it <laughs> go to sleep, go to sleep do it do it <laughs> and then you're still sleeping still doing it you sleep doing it do it yeah
1: because uh, yeah thinking about it like just that term liquid narrative that is the kind of thing you'd come up with just to sound you know so it's, it's, it's like a, it's levels to the troll yeah you know like some people like would hear that and be like oh oh liquid narrative cool it's like a new he's really pushing the the limits here but like behind the scenes yeah you're like chuckling at anyone repeating it because it's just so stupid
0: yeah and so it's it's like well what it did we watch a film or is is the art piece the commentary on the audience <laughs> and like is the art piece not the film but the people that went to watch the film and people's expectations for what is considered a film or what movies are and that and this is and this is where we get into the level of brilliance because we're actively trying to understand what the fuck happened here <laughs> and it, and it's an interesting conversation with no clear answer that I would love to hear everybody's opinion on and I would love to hear Karsten's talk about this movie and I would love you know like I'm yeah. just I'm happy having a conversation about this movie it's the the polar opposite of like I don't know the holdovers where it's just like fuck Oscar bait seen it you know seen it before uh-huh. whatever You know, not a bad movie. I agree. Not a bad movie, but there's no conversation to be had. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, this is is what I like (laughs) about
1: films. It will get an emotional reaction out of you, yeah. yeah. That's guaranteed, 100%. But that's what pisses me off about it, because it's like... (laughs) it's not it's not an experiment like being being put on youtube being put on tiktok this is like no that makes it better charge money for this like yeah, you're making money like a ton of money from this like travis scott's in there like it wasn't one of paying... the more
0: expensive tickets though it wasn't like a fucking uh, premium screening that would have been funny if it was like $88 ticket <laughs> people were like reselling <laughs> be, them for like that would be funny oh but. that would be so good reselling them for like $300, <laughs> like Boy and the Heron or some shit. Somebody, somebody pays like fucking $500, gets to the movie, and it's like, bur, 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 I am the world's greatest assassin. <laughs> Just, I, want, yeah. I want to like, imagine Please. them melting. Like, that's the liquid narrative. Yeah. their fucking soul <laughs> being like, melted in front of <laughs> We
1: haven't even talked about that. Na- like, what happens? It's about like an assassin or something? Like... <laughs> what, the, what even happened? It's
0: There's a like lot of insistence.
1: They go on a boat. Yeah. They, they didn't really do anything. <laughs> There's like a fight at the end.
0: There's like two or three people that just keep repeatedly insisting what they do without doing it, <laughs> like Neil Breen, yeah. and he talks about how he's hacking into the government systems, and he's writing this book, and he's going to expose everything. And we never learn a single detail about it, but we just like, okay, we'll believe you, and you keep repeating it enough times, we'll believe you. I guess <laughs> that's exactly what's happened in this movie. He just keeps saying he's the world's greatest assassin without doing anything, and you know his the the butt character, the the uh the butt. <laughs> was
1: it was it an actual person or was that like an AI
0: I think that was a person
1: really okay because I couldn't tell because there is like AI overlay there's like a a CG demon that keeps appearing
0: yeah the CG demon yeah (laughs) the way AI was used in this movie I think it's just like when you start seeing weird little excuse me the fucking do (laughs) when you start seeing weird (laughs) little skull patterns like appear in the images
1: yeah, and the cogs and the gears and stuff. Remember,
0: it was like at least five years ago or something, Google released the first version of uh, like some AI program and it was called like Google Dreams and everything looked like a dog's face or something. It's kind of like that. So oh, I, I forgot I think about that. Yeah. They filmed an image and then ran it through like an AI thing with the theme of skulls. And then some skull things appeared uh, in it. And it's not very advanced AI. Like, it's not even anywhere close to no. a lot of the cool stuff we've been seeing online recently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, nowhere close. It's like technology from five <laughs> plus years ago. <laughs> so it's not the, the fact that they used AI in this movie is not even that interesting. And you could have not, they could have not done it. The movie wouldn't have been different. Yeah, true. Yeah. But it's, I guess, another one of those things to another one of those buzzwords that people can talk about and maybe get an emotional reaction out of.
1: Yeah, makes it sound modern like it's a, yeah, yeah, made people annoyed. Yeah, yeah, it feeds into the troll narrative or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, like the thing that was really making this extra insufferable was, was that music, man. What they Love were it. doing with that music <laughs> was like, it like hurt, it actually hurt. Like not only were the visuals hurting, but the sound was hurting. Cause like, I don't know about you, but after 25 minutes of looking at this, this imagery, <laughs> it's, it's like painful. Like it's actually painful. And I don't mean that in like a hyperbolic way, like it actually like was hurting my eyes, <laughs> which I can't really say about any other film I've seen before, like quite to this degree. Mm-hmm. But like, it actually hurts.
0: Gaspar Noé's Lux Aeterna is what I think of when I think a headache movie, mm. which Karsten also loved. So maybe we're getting onto something here. Maybe right. we're figuring it out. <laughs> he likes his brain damage movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> I, I, piece of I, art. The fact, The fact that we don't even know if it's... Anything (laughs) is great, (laughs) you know, because when you see a true piece of shit, it's just there's nothing to say about it. You can just be like, well, that was garbage. And you like you don't have this conversation. But Mm. to have this conversation and be like, is is there anything about this that is substantive and you don't really know (laughs) is fucking awesome. (laughs) It's so good.
1: I do love talking about the movie. I'll give it that. I will give it that. How stupid and dumb it is. There's
0: there's like two movies I've been thinking about since the festival. It was Agro Drift and The Zone of Interest. So, <laughs> like one really, yeah. okay. you know, actually fantastic movie that you're supposed to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. And one meme.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the other one that was lingering in my mind was... I- I actually, I don't think I spoke to you how you felt about it. A *Perfect Days*. Like, I really love that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really lingering in my mind. Um, like, simple premise, just executed extremely well to me. I, I really like that
0: main character in there. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I wasn't sure what any mm. everybody was going to think about it. I um, I was doing some press screenings for people con, uh, confused. So some of the movies I saw were at different times than what everybody else in the group uh, saw. So uh, I wound up. So that I could catch fallen leaves, I skipped the public screening of Perfect Days that was happening at the same time, and I saw the fucking the press screening of Perfect Anatomy Days
1: of a Fall, right? You saw, right? Yeah, As I well. saw
0: Anatomy of a Fall, which was awesome that nobody else in the group got to see. Um, yeah, well, actually, Ralph and I saw it; he got press, but, mm-hmm. but everyone else didn't. Anyway, yeah, I did. I didn't. I did enjoy Perfect Days. I was kind of worried that it would be. Not appreciated in the group, but everybody seemed to enjoy it. I, you enjoyed it more than me. I'm not saying that I, yeah. thought the movie was bad. I liked yeah, it. A lot. It's
1: only growing on me. There's so, so many great scenes, so many memorable observations, and yeah, quite quiet and understated though. So I, I get like it's not definitely not for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's definitely a uh, a dependable genre for some people of just quiet Japanese movies, <laughs> and this one was a little different. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't exactly like a yeah, Kureta film, but it's kind of in the same vein, va- like people that enjoy that type of thing will enjoy it more. Yeah. Good sound design. Very kind of meditative and relaxing. in mm-hmm.
1: 15 days, which is crazy. Yeah. Good soundtrack. Yeah.
0: Okay. So with, uh, we'll talk more about TIFF movies on our respective channels. Go check those yeah. out. We'll, you know, we'll have details, detailed reviews for those things. And we'll probably talk more about some of these movies as they get wider releases, as other people are having these conversations. I guess about the TIFF experience, and there's something we kind of wanted to touch on, because we mm. hang out with a lot of content creator peers at the festival, because, you know, Amanda's there, Karsten's there, Ralph was there, et cetera, et cetera, a bunch of, bunch of people just showing up. And so naturally, you know, having some conversations at some points in certain days, there was kind of a, a repeated theme of people talking about, like, fan interactions and I'm all for it, mm-hmm. you know, I've got like a, if you want to ask me for a picture, I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll do the face, I'll say hi, if you want to have like a short blurb conversation. Yeah. But I think that, you know, something that would probably be a good thing to mention is that there's, a, I think there's a good amount of people that mean well and are sweet and nice, but don't understand when they're kind of like intruding on someone's night mm-hmm. or social circle. You know, and if I'm in town and I only have like a limited amount of time to to see my friends or family or people that I'm trying to meet, it's important that let's say you're in line. I'm speaking to everybody in the audience right now. Let's say you're in line. Mm. Uh, you see your favorite content creator. If, they're, if you're in line and you're kind of like stuck with them in line, as in that you're both in the same place in line, probably, you know, don't, try to have a conversation the entire time because <laughs> that's not a conversation that someone can just like walk out of because then you lose your place in line. And so try to, be, try to be aware of situations where a person who doesn't know you, uh, but you know them from their content or whatever, might be not wanting to have like a full long conversation and might not be able to explicitly directly say it because they don't want to seem like an asshole you know Mm because it's tough it's tough to have to say like excuse me i would really rather not like talk to you right now because you don't know if someone's going to take it the wrong way and feel like hurt about it like that's the last thing you want is for someone to feel bad
1: yeah and it's like yeah it's such enthusiasm that you're being met with too like that that's infectious that's Mm -hmm. great you know when someone's coming up to you and they're, they're so excited to talk to you and yeah i love talking about movies and All this, but yeah, there is like that that fine line, isn't there? Because you're so right where it is. Yeah, These, there is a, it's quite a one-sided dynamic in terms of these these people know a lot more about us than we do of them. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of charged a certain way. And especially with like, as you say, like the schedule's packed, (laughs) we're like knackered, we're like being on can be like a a lot um, to maintain, especially over like 10 days or whatever it can be. Yeah, it can get yeah. kind of awkward.
0: Yeah, there's a difference between it, I I I don't want people to interpret this in a way of like, oh, I only hang out with famous people, right? Like I'm talking about like me hanging out with my parents too, right? Like I'm, I'm there, I'm there mm-hmm. to see them too. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want people to interpret it in that way. But there is a big difference between having a conversation with people that you're familiar with and you know each other equally as well versus. Kind of being asked Q and A questions, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. I do find myself having to be "quote unquote" on more if I'm having certain, you know, if I'm just being asked questions by a fan or like, you know, and, and obviously it means a lot to them, and obviously they're having like, you know, the fucking time of their lives, and I'm happy that to make people feel better and have their day be brightened, et cetera, et cetera. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: it it there is a certain point where like I'm going, you know, I do want to. Not be spending my entire time being on in like a night. So if you are a fan of anybody, whether it's me or Alex or Amanda or Big Joel was there too, that was cool. Uh, Lily, mm-hmm. uh, they were awesome, they were fun. Uh, if you're a fan of anybody, you want to say hi to someone, feel free to say hi unless there's like a content creator that explicitly says that they don't want to be talked to. But feel free to say hi, feel free to ask for a picture feel free to have like a short conversation, but keep the conversation, I would say, under a minute if you can, <laughs> just to... Because <laughs> yeah. even, if, even if you don't pick up on the social cues of someone not necessarily wanting to be continuing a conversation, I think it's just better and safe to be like, hey, just say, you know, at, at the end of, a you know, 30 seconds, a minute or whatever, just be like, well, I was just saying hi, thanks. And, and if you can take the initiative of saying, okay, see you, bye, or whatever, then it'll Mm -hmm. make it so that the person who you're coming up to doesn't have to try to end the conversation or run away and appear rude, right? Like, I just don't... I don't like feeling like that, so I try to avoid that. And sometimes sometimes I get trapped in conversations with people that don't realize that they're trapping me in a conversation, and they might just be lacking, like, a social cue, and they're just probably having, like, the time of their lives being able to have this interaction, and that's fucking awesome, and I imagine myself, you know, talking to people that I'm a fan of, you know, I'm, I, you know, it, to whatever experience to make things cool for that person in a way that I would appreciate. Mm-hmm. It's great. But try to be more, <laughs> more socially conscious and also just safe in terms of you know you can if you if you end the conversation or at least check in and be like hey well i guess i'll get going or like you probably want to do your own thing right And it's like yeah have a good you know mm-hmm. and yeah yeah
1: the majority of people were so like so like good about it for the most part you know yeah but it, ninety all it takes per- is like a handful 99% great. yeah yeah because mo- most people do kind of get that like they're they're walking by they'll just yeah. shout out oh i love your videos man or something like this and that that's so fine that's so cool but yeah it's it's such a fine line <laughs> yeah and uh yeah
0: don't don't be afraid to come up to me don't be afraid to say hi don't be mm-hmm. afraid to ask for a picture i don't care if you're socially awkward i'm a fucking furry i see it all every fucking day right <laughs> 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 you know i love autistic people I, it's not going to bother me mm-hmm. yeah i'll say hi i'll snap a pic whatever just yeah be careful to not trap people in conversations especially yeah. you know some of the uh, other content creators we talk to are, you know, really small, <laughs> like uh-huh. physically. And they, they, I like. I kind of feel bad for them, like in, uh-huh. in terms of that yeah. situation, because they kind of just have. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you're right. Just keep it in mind. That's that's what we're saying. Like you know, <laughs> just keep it, keep it in the back of your mind.
0: Yep, ninety nine percent of interactions were fucking awesome and mm-hmm. even the ones that were bad i don't i'm not like upset at those people i just you know want to no no, no, no. do a little psa to help <laughs> not just I, like i can tolerate it probably better than anybody else that i'm like appear with at these festivals so this is also me just helping mm-hmm. other content like i want to help people that uh D- don't have the tolerance that i do some people just like really yeah. don't want to have those interactions there was a really fun one where and again this you're uh if you're listening right now, this <laughs> this I, I i don't care that you did this i just thought it was really funny the uh person that went up to, to henry slash big joel i was just about, to, just, say, was just just, about to say this yeah one. do you want to tell it here Go for
1: it. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're in line for dream scenario or something like this. Um, or maybe it was after, I can't even remember. It's such a blur. It was, a,
0: it was after a movie. Um,
1: but yeah, the, I think you were in a conversation with someone and someone clearly recognized you, but you were busy for the moment. Um, but they also recognized Big Joel or Henry and went up to him and were like, basically, "Oh well, man, like I've, your videos have been in my recommended. I haven't watched them, but I've heard they're good. <laughs> like I, I'm sure he meant it well and meant well by it but it's like quite a, str- a strange thing to bring yeah. up to someone and That's then he was kind funny. of like then it's just a, yeah because we could kind of say something in order to get to you it felt like um, so but yeah, he, Big Joe handled it very well considering
0: <laughs> a, a lot of people I think are intimidated by me when they shouldn't be <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm pretty n- nice I don't know <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, yeah sometimes people will definitely use like other people in the group as like a, a way to like test the waters or something and so he, he mm. said hi to joel and then was like can you actually hold the camera i want to get a picture with adam which was fucking hilarious i loved that yeah
1: yeah maybe he just put his foot in his mouth maybe he didn't know how to navigate Yeah,
0: you can't expect people yeah. to know how to handle maybe it was a
1: bit nervous but like and just just lie just say you like his videos you know like you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I i i thought that was very funny i thought that was very yeah funny. it was
1: hilarious we are all joking about that after yeah
0: yeah and not in a way where if you're the person that did that that you should feel embarrassed about it i thought it was i thought it was a funny like <laughs> legitimately funny thing yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's yeah <laughs>
1: It's just such a weird dynamic, you know. Well, there's mm-hmm. no way to make it not weird on, on some level, you know. As much as it's appreciated and whatnot, yeah.
0: And I understand that, and that's part of why I feel so comfortable with it. Life's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Every interaction's fucking weird. Exactly. Everything about it. Exactly. You know, everybody's trying their yeah. best. Nobody knows what they're fuck they're doing, and everybody's just trying to figure shit out. If somebody's a little socially awkward, who cares? Oh yeah, for sure. Great festival. Great vibes. Great food, great city from what we experienced. Shout out to uh, Stormcrow Manor, very cool nerd bar we checked mm. out.
1: Yeah, I um, went there a couple times.
0: Had some great restaurant stuff and ooh, that that Cabbage Town Festival was cool that we just serendipitously just fell into basically, like didn't even know it was happening and just kinda of walked into.
1: Yeah that, yeah, that was like a scene from a movie, like coming out mm-hmm. of the restaurant, and then there's all this live music playing and all this crazy different uh, stalls selling all stuff. What was what was that thing they were giving out that you took a bunch of, like at one of the stalls? Um,
0: uh, uh, Naloxone, which is the same as Narcan. Right. And they were giving out like bags of the nasal spray and the injections so that if you're around, you know, someone overdosing, whether it's on the street or Mm -hmm. it's a house party and someone did cocaine and it had like fentanyl in it or something, then you have the ability to potentially save their life. And this is like, you know, many cities will just give this out for free at pharmacies. You just call them. Uh, It's not a bad thing to have. And we're in the middle of a, you know, fentanyl opioid crisis. Many people Mm. overdosing are not even people that wanted to take an opioid, but it was just, you know, a tainted supply of whatever else they were taking. And uh, yeah, not a bad thing to happen. I'm kind of preparanoid. I would. I'm very in the mindset of like better have it and not need it than you need it and not have it. Yeah, prepare so. for the worst, hope for the best. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, maybe one day, maybe one day I'll be, I'll be the guy that <laughs> saves uh-huh. someone. Maybe yeah. I won't have to. Maybe we'll just avoid that scary scenario in the first place. But yeah, they were giving out that they were giving out free joints free weeds yeah
1: that was surreal as a brit, brit just walking around like yeah. here
0: have a joint
1: that would send you to jail if uh, you were caught by the cops in the uk <laughs> yeah just, we're in canada it's so fine. crazy
0: <laughs> yeah people are just smoking weed at the festival and it was outdoors it's fine just smoking yeah. joint everywhere all year. the
1: advertising is like yeah. what's get, get a spliff for tiff and all this kind of stuff oh
0: yeah shout out to rosebud <laughs> the cannabis yeah. store we went into yeah, a couple a cool times <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not very weed esque. I'm not really a weed smoker, but Cat BF and uh, anybody around me, you know, wanted weed. I'm fine to. Yeah, we had uh, our fun. Yep. While we were talking about something earlier, I spilled some mm. dew on myself and I'm pissed now that I can't wear these shorts today I and I have to just wash them after.
1: This was sticky and gross, huh?
0: And I can't wash them now because the washing machine is so loud. I'll just like, I'll hear it through the recording <laughs> uh. <laughs> so fuck dribbling that shit everywhere <laughs> I mean it was just a tiny bit but I, I hit the <laughs> I like accidentally hit the can on the bottom of my microphone and then just mm-hmm. I got dude fuck you got dude dude I got dude dude time for the film recommendation <laughs> it's uh 28 yeah. days later take it away
1: yeah so it's uh, another Danny Boyle double bill um is that the only other boil stuff we've done on the cast before? We did the uh, transporting one and two before,
0: um, and we did uh, the other one, his first one. The that's right. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I'm blanking on it now. The yeah, the one.
1: Uh, t- <laughs> oh man, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I remember
0: what the poster looks like. Shallow grave, shallow grave, shallow grave, shallow um, grave.
1: Yeah. So we talked about yeah, we talked about him a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, this is a slightly more contemporary one. The 2002 film, Twenty Eight mm-hmm. Days Later, kind of a hit, Danny Boyle's and Alex Garland's writers take on the zombie genre, set in London, st- starring Killian uh, Murphy as the lead. I mean, like you don't really need to describe much of the plot. It's a it's a zombie zombie movie instead of going for the kind of shambling take, uh, they interpret it as the rage virus, they call it. They never really use the term zombie or any of this kind of stuff like mm-hmm. Walking Dead or this kind of thing. And yeah, it was kind of a, yeah, it's definitely a Danny Boyle interpretation of a zombie flick. And this was like a big one in my rotation when I was younger. Uh, yeah, same. I really enjoyed this movie as a kid. Um, we'll get onto the sequel later, but I had a great time revisiting this um yeah, I love that the way it ebbs and flows. I love the style. There's a there's a lot to talk about in terms of that early digital photography and um access is weirdly limited for this movie. Um it's not on mm-hmm. any streaming platform. You can't buy so it on weird. iTunes or anything. Um i don't why it, know you'd why. think that
0: we'd be in a Fucking point in time where any movie you could just like find on a streaming service. I know, service right? Especially, anywhere.
1: it's not like it's a niche film. Like it's pretty yeah. famous, you know. Just it's got license like half somewhere. a million ratings on IMDb. Right it's yeah, it's searchlight, right? Yeah.
0: Disney's Fall. I think
1: so. Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's Disney's Fall. Yeah, <laughs> made on a budget of eight million dollars. Yeah. Um, For 2002, which is, you know, fairly low considering the scale of the production and the stuff they're showing off. Um, Mm -hmm. Just for inflation, that's around like 14 million, which would still be low for now, I would say. Um, I suppose we should probably start there with the the look of the film, to be honest. It's one of the more notable things because I was kind of... I haven't seen this film in a while, but a lot of the discussions I'd, I'd heard about it were like, yeah, it was shot on these uh, Canon XL1 camcorders, which are literally like 250 quid on eBay now. Um, nice. <laughs> but at the time they would have been like new emerging technology, but it kind yes. of limits the film in terms of like, you're not really going to get a 4K <laughs> version of this unless they do some like upscaling stuff or whatever. Um but it doesn't actually affect it as much as I thought. It kind of enhances it in a way to me. It kind of helps with the style of the movie. I like the the low-res kind of grimy look of it. And it definitely helped get the film made because, yeah, there's all these yeah. really ambitious, like empty shots of uh, Murphy walking through central London. These really recognizable, iconic locations with no one around with, mm-hmm. yeah so basically what they were doing was just shutting down the streets at like four in the morning. And unlike with film cameras that take like such a exorbitant amount of time to set up the the digital cameras could be set up in like, I think it was like six minutes. Yeah. They could whip up a scene and like really just get to work and film get something the quickly. Get shot and leave. It, exactly. Go yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a really efficient production in terms of that. And it kind of, they leaned into it as far as the star's concerned. Um, it, it does, yeah. It hides uh, any any flaws you might notice otherwise. If it was in like <laughs> in film, um, I'm sure you'd see more blemishes. But it, it really helps the style. It makes it feel more guerrilla, more grimy, more more realistic. Um, and yeah, using all these different interesting techniques like. Uh, shooting a lot of the the action sequences in like a higher frame rate a type of slow motion um with this really stylized action which Mm -hmm. has like quite an interesting effect and especially towards the end with the whole uh army camp um and and murphy going around like almost uh becoming a uh a rage type creature without even being infected and like using these similar shooting styles to shoot him um, for this action to like give these parallels um, just yeah stylistically really interesting um, and all these different like character actors coming in and out I completely forgot uh, Brendan Gleeson has a has a fairly major role I loved seeing him again yeah um,
0: that when, when I watched this when I was younger and there was a lot it was before I really knew who he was so, yeah. me revisiting the film this time, I was like, oh, <laughs> got mm-hmm. to, yeah, because now he's like a huge actor, Oscar nominated.
1: Yeah. And like, man, this, there's so much to praise with this movie. Like, uh, I love how quickly it just gets into it. The opening scene with the ape attack um, in the lab, it's just, it just does not mess around. It gets straight to it. Oh, yeah. The yeah, opening scene is fucking incredible.
0: It's so iconic. Yeah. There's so much about this movie that's just stuck with me and it it could be just because Mm -hmm. of how many times i watched it when i was younger but i don't know there's like me whenever i think of food going bad bad i think of like the guy saying the eggs uh were what was was the word british kind of slang for saying that they were (sighs) off the eggs were off i don't know if that's gone off
1: yeah 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 that is yeah. yeah the eggs are off yeah, I That's think right. about that for some yeah. reason. <laughs> well, it's, cause it's got lots of, like, really memorable locations and settings, be it, yeah, like the flat the and the high-rise with the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's strung together in a really... It flows very well from set piece to set piece. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all, all memorable. Like, when when uh, Killian goes back to his family home and it's, like, really kind of sad and brutal. They don't hold the yeah. punches, like, finding the parents in that, like that really, a really nicely written letter saying, like, now we're sleeping with you. I, I hope you don't wake up. It's like, oh, my God. God this literally
0: is- just don't wake up. <laughs> it was yeah, like a command. This is horrifying. Yeah. It's yeah. very poetic, and it's a really incredible message to just put there for the film. And I like that narratively, you know, a lot of films like this, I think there would be a temptation of trying to have his parents be zombies and him having to kill his parents or something. Mm-hmm. I like that he got that kind of resolution and I like that it was sad in that way. I thought that was just a good choice narratively.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's man, there's, there's lots of actually really memorable imagery. I love the image of all the Tupperware on the rooftop yeah, When they're trying to collect the water, and yeah. he's like talking about how on TV he was like, Yeah, I saw about how to collect water on TV, but it doesn't really work because he's I
0: can't figure out obviously just
1: on TV. He's not, yeah, he can't really figure out how to get it working. Mm-hmm. They're driving around like a classic old London taxi, it's, mm-hmm. it's quintessentially British in like every way possible. They're like really thick accents. I love when Killian Murphy's like, This is a really shit idea, like just, <laughs> just being as candid yeah. as possible. It's like a really realistic, awesome, um approach to the dialogue and the performances and everything. It, ne- it never feels too Hollywood or over the top. It's always believable um, to me. They never really take it anywhere too far um, that pulls me out of it, like a lot of other zombie films from this era do. Um, some other kind of notable things. Obviously, this came out in 2002, meaning it was just post 9-11. Um, yeah. and there was, at the time, there was some controversy around... Uh, the beginning when Killian's walking through the city and he doesn't really know what's going on. He finds a, a wall bo- like a missing uh, person's wall, um, mm-hmm. and some people found that to be distasteful, even though it was shot before nine eleven. Of course, um, a lot of yeah. and some of these things you just can't help. America you know? brain. Yeah, but that's it's almost like part of the zombie genre in a way because the the noughties do have this quite strong association with like zombie. Outside of the older Romero stuff, which is this is obviously inspired by, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was the what well, the Snyder Dawn of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead, I Am Legend, Wreck, Resident Evil, House of the Dead, Planet Tar- <laughs> Terror. Um, there's a billion, yeah, and there's this, the, yeah, exactly. There is this idea that it is almost like a, a response to 911 and these rising fears of the, the internet and this. this yeah this ongoing virus that's affecting everyone it's is quite a, I don't know, a prescient thing that just mm-hmm. everyone can connect to everyone can just immediately be frightened of uh, of course the virus aspect as well has like a new meaning to us now living through like a pandemic and that whole angle um it, it, I love how quickly things happen in the movie. Like just like how fast the movie gets going, the the infection itself. What do they say? It takes ten, twenty seconds, um, and that re- that really adds an inherent tension. Yeah,
0: and that's communicated immediately at the beginning. It's just like she gets bit by yeah. the monkey, and then whoops, like just immediately, which yeah. adds a particular layer of fear to the just the entire experience of the film and the world building and how these things mm-hmm. operate. Very clearly communicated and very fucking terrifying because especially at the time, I think this was the first zombie film where they were fast, <laughs> like where you could run. Yeah. I think, I think this might have been the Much first. Much scarier. If not, it yeah, heavily popularized
1: it. Right. It definitely popularized it. Yeah. I think that that took a part in the, the hiring process too. I think a lot of the rage infected people were uh, like gymnasts and people who mm-hmm. were very good with their bodies. So it gave them this extra physical intensity that yeah is horrifying because it's like yeah you, you you can insert yourself into one of the romero shambling zombie movies and be like yeah i, I reckon i could do something about this but but these yep. guys I don't, I don't know i don't think no you're screwed crowd of them you're, you're, like, you're actually done. fucking yeah.
0: screwed like what do you do yeah R- romero yeah, zombies exactly. you just like chill somewhere (laughs) just walk faster Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot of things you could do about romero zombies but these these fucking yeah not zombies or whatever ow they infected whatever we want to call them infected with the rage virus or whatever fucking who cares (laughs) it's yeah it's much more terrifying and i also want to point out like that that church scene is still fucking terrifying. It doesn't matter how many times I watch this mm. movie. That's fucking. That's just absolutely terrifying for me. The faces that they make when they're woken yeah. up, and that just that insane, intense kind of uh, like feral, like wow, like the eyes. I can't. Mm-hmm. The, I, it's burned yeah, into my. That's probably my, the
1: scariest shot in the film. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and I I love yeah. how uh, th- this is pretty consistent throughout the film they really know how to edit these scares in a way where it's scarier that it's quiet. It's scarier Mm -hmm. that there isn't a loud noise. It's scarier that they're running up silently behind someone. Mm -hmm. And sure, there are jump scares in the film. And sure, it does get loud at points 100%. But the most terrifying parts, and I think the film is aware, are the ones where it's quiet and there's action happening. Yeah,
1: it definitely doesn't rely on it for sure.
0: Yeah, this is a spoiler discussion, by the way, everybody. The jump scare with the while he's watching at his parents' house while he's watching the film on the projector. That it's it's such a perfectly edited, perfectly presented scare because you're kind of you know, it's not only just the misdirection of focusing on the projector and kind of being interested in that, but how they introduce that there's a zombie outside you only see it from the zombies perspective you only see a mm-hmm. shot of like the camera turning towards the house and, and you don't even really know what you're seeing at first because it's happening so quickly and then one more shot of killian murphy inside and then immediately the perspective zombie is already running towards the house and you, you're still like kind of piecing things together like it doesn't give you enough time mm-hmm. to fully comprehend what's happening until it's already happening and then it gets loud but the the Ter- the truly terrifying moments of that is when it's quiet, and then same goes with when he's um, you know in the diner and the kids like running up behind him. Like it's not loud until it's already up in his face, right? You see the the mm-hmm. running up behind, and and you. I, I love that as a choice. It's way more terrifying that something's yeah. actively becoming a danger. And it's going to affect you in, like, I don't know, half a second. And you have half a second to realize that that's what's happening. And the fact that that it's not, that that there is no, like, extra loud, like, bing, like, when the audience notices or when the audience is supposed to notice or, like, something's walking in the background, all these fucking dumb horror cliche tropes. Not saying that there's (laughs) zero cliches or tropes in this movie but it's very it's way more respectful and way more um sensible in terms of how it's edited and presented overall and i i just think that danny boyle's style as a director like he has yeah. a very um great comprehension of how he puts together his films and especially how they're edited the editing is always a huge yeah. voice in his films obviously a lot of uh, really creative camera work going along with that but he knows how he's going to communicate the experience. He's pretty aware of that as he's making the film, and I love that we get to just see this really fine-tuned uh, combination of different elements working together. Soundtrack. Yeah, I was really
1: uh, appreciating that, especially during the more frantic action sequences where machetes are being swung, where mm-hmm. there are close-up bites. It's it's uh it's kind of confusing but you can i don't know you're never bamboozled you can you can follow what's happening to who who's happening to what and yeah unlike the sequel you can you can just tell what's going on even though it is frantically edited there are quick cuts there are a lot of close-ups during these action scenes mm-hmm. you're always there with the characters it's never you're never lost in the action um which is really really awesome
0: um, yeah very strong visual style, and it and it complements mm-hmm. the film and the tone, too. Um, I don't care that, you know, a 4K version of this won't ever exist and wouldn't even make sense unless we get to the point where it's like AI upscaling something. But even at that point, would I want that? I don't know. Um, I'd be curious to see what it looks yeah, like. It's, it's part but- of it. Yeah, like the
1: the roughness is part of it. It's yes. definitely like all baked in. It's it's not like they were just playing around with this new tech mm-hmm. just for the fun.
0: They actually they it wasn't an agro drift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the new reference point for every film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the on the scale
1: of it, like the, there's like a whole petrol station that gets like exploded, and there's mm-hmm. all this pyrotechnics with the zombies yeah. being set on fire, and it's like man, they show all of Manchester on fire in the background, and it still looks like excellent because yeah, it's obscured through this <laughs> this old ass digital camera that's mm-hmm. all yeah, implemented in such a like thoughtful, interesting way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Pretty much all the effects look great. I can't think of a really bad one at all and lots of practical effects obviously the way that the makeup is done on these characters it's fantastic i also love Mm -hmm. you know they they cast the goal yeah they 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 obviously cast certain people that were like i don't know anorexic or has have some sort of condition Mm -hmm. to play the starving zombies at the end it's like you didn't need to like digitally create that. You can you can literally just cast people that look like they're dying. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> they have like beard and long hair and stuff and like, wow, it's really visually striking throughout. I like the music choices too.
1: Having Brian Eno yeah. in there. Having, yeah, so the original score woven in. Yeah. It really it really gives it the, I don't know, it always feels like it's a Danny Boyle movie. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. never gets like, lost in the tropes, never gets lost in the zombie silliness quite yeah. as much. It's just... Yeah,
0: so the the, um, the song by John Murphy in the house in a heartbeat that plays near the uh-huh. end, but fuck, it, just one of the most iconic pieces of music from any soundtrack ever. Yeah, literally, mm-hmm. a lot of people will recognize this song, even if they haven't seen this film, because it's been used in so many, so many different films and commercials and like. It's it's yeah. it's pop culture. It, it fucking kick ass in 2010.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just in kick just ass.
0: decided to reuse the track <laughs> as if it were written for that film, and that pisses me off. Yeah,
1: because I, I think Murphy did the score for it. Yeah,
0: pisses me <laughs> off. I know Murphy did the score, and he was credited. It's not like they ripped off and didn't. You know, it's not like he didn't get paid or whatever. But damn, I just I don't like it being associated with that film. Not only because it's a worse film, and no, I just don't either. care for it, but because you, now you're getting you you if somebody watches the films in the wrong order because they're not attached to each other narratively at all, then someone can already be familiar with that song before they see Twenty Eight Days Later. It won't have it won't have the exact same impact. They'll be like, oh, I already know this song, you know, or mm-hmm. uh, what what why am I thinking of Kick Ass now? I don't like how it's associated in that in that way. And I think yeah. that that's kind of just like lazy and lame for Kick Ass to do that and for a movie that's not even fucking ten years old. You know, if you want to take mm-hmm. from some unknown Italian random film scored by Stelvio Cipriani in the 70s <laughs> and reuse that in your new movie or something, who cares? But like a a big movie from 2002 and like one of the best songs ever for for like a movie yeah. soundtrack, like one of the most effective. That is a weird choice. I, yeah, pisses me off. Not a big fan of Kick-Ass.
1: No, me neither. Um but that, yeah, that piece of music is like on the same level to me as, um, you know, the song from Requiem for a Dream.
0: It's, it's exactly the same in terms of like how it's yeah, culturally impacted. Exactly. And been yeah. Reused yeah. And, and it was like in every YouTube video early yeah.
1: days, it was in, yeah, it was always in these trailers.
0: It's like, yeah, yeah. So part
1: of pop culture.
0: Um, yeah. It's ingrained yeah, some stuff into our culture and for good reason. Like it's, it, it does, we'll, we'll talk about the sequel in a bit. But (laughs) it's clear that the music does a lot of the heavy lifting. And at the very Mm -hmm. least in this first film, what we're seeing along with the music is impactful and important enough and intense enough and well shot enough and well acted enough that even without the music, you're still seeing something pretty intense and cool. But with the elements combined, the emotional experience when that song plays and a lot of other songs in the soundtrack you know great soundtrack choices throughout it's just a Mm -hmm. really powerful and memorable emotional experience that just sticks with you and i guess especially us because we watched it a fucking billion times when we were a kid or something so
1: Mm -hmm. yeah just like the more i'm talking the more i'm remembering the set pieces you know the rats or maybe the most Mm -hmm. memorable shot in my mind was when brandon gleason is like having a go at that crow who's eating the body and then it's the droplet yeah, the the yeah the perspective of the droplet falling into yeah, his it's eye. That's a great shot. Yeah, it's a it is a great shot. Um, and like good choice, kind of an emotional moment too, because he's like maybe the warmest character in the movie, Brendan and yeah. He's like the father of the daughter, and it's like, oh man, he's yeah, he's, he's got to go best. out like this. Ah, uh, yeah.
0: He wasn't in the movie very long. Sex, they take him away so no.
1: Quick. Yeah, which uh, I don't know. That, that kind of leads me into something that like was. I don't know, really bugging me about this movie. I just cannot get over I it. I
0: already know what you're going to say. Megan <laughs> Burns, sucks.
1: the daughter Hannah. She stinks. What is the deal?
0: <laughs> My, well, I have a theory she as to put so away that. She um, Is she related to someone? Yeah. Is this nepotism? Like, what's going on?
1: No, I think it was more, I looked up, <laughs> she's from Liverpool, and they have, they have a very, very thick accent in Liverpool, but they, I don't know, they, they made her try and do a Southeast London accent. Which she clearly couldn't do, because I could hear like little stints of the Liverpudlian accent sneaking through every line yeah. she was saying. So okay. I was like, "What? <laughs> that definitely didn't help the performance." Um, and maybe the the acting wasn't good to begin with. So it was like. Yeah, I d- I don't know, like it's, su- it's such a shame because that's really the big weak spot in the movie for me. Um
0: it's the she- biggest weak like kind spot. She's a
1: crucial character. She's such a crucial character to like the whole like way the 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 movie wraps up with the army guys at the end and yeah the whole she stinks. dynamic with him and his daughters like So she's, she's really... been in
0: 3 movies. And then now she's doing uh-huh. like music. Like two mo- two movies in a short she acted in. It's not yeah. for her. It's not for her. 28 Days Later was, like, the last thing she acted in that was, like, a feature. I don't know why she got cast.
1: Yeah, because everyone else is particularly good, like uh, Naomi Harris. Like, she's a really intense character. Like, the, her introductory scene where she just takes that guy out. Hell, yeah. He's great without, character, without great hesitation. It's like, yeah, yeah, sets her up. She's, like, a really cool, strong character. Mm. And her dynamic with Killian's really, really awesome. But, yeah, that daughter, man. Uh, the worst no <laughs> i'm like no it's not hyperbolic. it's it's like the
0: worst uh, the absolute worst not even a
1: single good line delivery i don't think like, never it's, it's genuinely that distracting
0: not one i just wanted her to shut up every time she opened her stupid mouth <laughs> she's like well, what was that line that she says like right before they leave the apartment and the music starts playing and they're about to like do the taxi and they're doing like the like the ave maria rendition and it's like you're 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 ending the scene and leading into something else and like the, the line itself sounds like it's supposed to be meaningful or poignant and she's just like Well, you need us, but we also need you as much as you need us. So the weird the <laughs> friend got to be together <laughs> like It's so yeah. I'm just like so Well like when
1: she's at the dinner table like talking about her dad my dad died. <laughs> by the way, it's like, oh my god! <laughs> Fuck.
0: Well, like sc- fucking think about when she just when it's happening right in front of her, like literally, she's there. She witnesses his death. She's yeah, like, yeah, dad, yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dad. Why are dad, you doing that, Dad? Dad. <laughs> dad. It's yeah, su- shut it up. really is such a shame. I don't believe. I don't really believe is. a single fucking word coming out of her mouth. I don't believe a single fucking word yeah. i don't believe anything she says throughout the entire fucking movie she's like I, I wrote down one of her yeah they have the part where they're about where they discover that uh the female lead has volume and they're about to sleep and she's like i can't sleep i'm like i don't believe anything you're saying and then she's like can i dad please <laughs> like you you're uh, what, what are you what are you doing what are you do you I don't believe a single fucking word like you're being very generous talking about like as if the accent is <laughs> it's like maybe the culprit here I was just here. looking
1: for any reason like what like why uh,
0: that, that's 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 not the biggest problem with her performance the f- biggest problem with her no, performance no. is that she can't fucking act who cares about well, it yeah. if, even if her accent was completely different it wouldn't fucking matter she can't fucking act it's awful it's yeah it's crazy
1: I, I don't know it, it's really is such a shame
0: yeah, in another way, that's
1: like a really intense scene. That when Naomi Harris has the has the drugs and it's like it's just so you won't care what's about to happen to you. Yeah, so Oh too. my god, this is like this is brutal. But but she really pulls you out of it whenever she has to give her reaction or especially deliver dialogue.
0: I I get I get okay with her performance when it's at the point in the movie where she's high out of her mind anyway, and I'm like okay. <laughs> for it's like this is yeah. maybe that's why they cast her. <laughs> like,
1: well, she has the, there's the good scene with um when she hides behind the mirror, but that yeah. involves no dialogue. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that is a shame. That's that's the big sore spot for Yeah, me. you
0: just kind of have to ignore a lot about her for it to work, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. which is very difficult. It's very difficult. Cause she's in she's in like a majority of the movie.
0: So. Yeah. Fucking should have been her instead of what's his name Frank? I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Yeah, that'd have been better.
1: Because all the all the, the caliber of the actors that she's acting against too—you've Brendan Gleeson, Killian Murphy, Naomi Harris, Christopher Eccleston comes in. Eccleston, sorry, who comes in later as the like the the major? These sort of like you know tenured like really <laughs> professionals right here that are really selling the the dire situation and she just seems like yeah the <laughs> this random Liverpudlian girl who like yeah is just plucked out and <laughs> clearly not it's not selling it
0: she is the only performance that i don't believe every other performance i believe yeah there's no there's no single other performance in the movie that i don't believe and she is just so consistently yeah. bad that i just like i mm-hmm. pain what do you think about the uh I guess the whole set piece of the military thing from that point until the end of the movie.
1: I I have a, a couple issues here and there, mm-hmm. like with um. I, I like the overall kind of arc of where it goes, but like when Killian Murphy's like teleporting around the base, um, it's like just on the border of being a bit too silly for me. Um, it is kind of dumb before that it's like way more believable Um, at least we got a good song I was reading like (laughs) yeah yeah I was reading supposedly uh, what was written in the script like was not working so like Um. uh, Boyle Killian um, and Garland I think like quite quickly came up with this this way to wrap it up and it it does kind of feel that way Um, Mm -hmm. because yeah uh, it is it is dark in a way, and it's doing the, the you know the classic kind of zombie trope of like yeah the the, the people the humans are almost more to fear than the uh, the the virus or the rage mm-hmm. itself because um, that it is like a, a horrifying conclusion that they reach. Um, Christopher Eccleston saying about yeah I promised them women and all this kind of stuff It's like vile. Um, yeah, he's
0: like this is yeah. normality. It's like fucking, yeah,
1: like trying to justify it and being like I'm just, we're yeah.
0: just shooting people, it's people killing people. Mm-hmm. get up do it it gives yeah go to sleep do it yeah exactly
1: <laughs> it gives killian murphy like a, a a good motivation i guess to get that revenge but also like how they have to get there is kind of kind of clunky you know like yeah when they they take killian out into the woods and I, I i was confused as it was happening that's like the one bit of action i was kind of confused but like how does he actually escape from them there's like they look
0: in, a- the other way for some reason I don't remember. Yeah. I think it's like it's, maybe... Yeah, it's kind of a
1: messy sequence.
0: Maybe one of the other characters screamed or something and then they both looked away and he just ran. It It, it is weird. and It is dumb. I love the music that comes with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it still makes for like some great <laughs> memorable sequences. But I, I also noticed that it's... I think it's, it's the longest they stay in one location the entire movie. And you're kind of just there yeah. until the end of the movie where every other scene is just so quick and you're into, you're in a new location right away. And that's part of what really helps with the pacing. And yeah, uh, yeah, you're kind of just, you're kind of just settling down and the movie's kind of just ending and it's not, you know, boring. It's not. No. So, you know, it doesn't make me want to shut it off before the movie's over. I still want to like see it through to the end, but it is, it is a drop off from the beginning. Still, just a really great film overall and it's it's incredible just how much of a cultural impact this movie had and i i'm it's still going to be in my rotation of just things that i watch every few years or however long because there's so much great stuff in it there's so much valuable material within this film that uh you know yeah it it can have some flies and it's still fine
1: speaking of that um that end sequence, there is a there is a part in there I do actually really love um, mm-hmm. when he does escape and he's like looking through the trees and he just sees the plane. Oh, yeah. It's like this symbol great. of hope and kind of undoes like, yeah, it gives him a, a really strong motivation and the reason too. to like fight on. Um, and the, yeah, combined with the song, um, that's a great moment. And mm-hmm. I don't even mind the uh, once once all that's wrapped up and it, it cuts a little bit after after he's shot um, and you're, they're in that little uh, cottage um, and that they, yeah it's sort of implied a bunch of time has passed and the the jets flying over and they make the little th- the little sign for it and yeah it's kind of a happy ending which supposedly also mm-hmm. wasn't in the original script it was yeah. like a more miserable kind of ending So I feel like this kind of story it is hard to wrap up um you're not always going to be able to ha- have something satisfying and ambiguous like a Last of Us which is like I don't know that's quite a that's yeah. a, a knocking out the the park kind of way to very end, few like endings sort of stories. That
0: good. <laughs> yeah, in exactly. Whereas,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's more the ride. Um, it's yeah, how you get there. It's it's really about that first act for me. I, I love when he's like wandering around in the hospital gown. Mm. There's that awesome shot with the the smiling um, billboard in the background. It's just. Yeah, yeah, I love how inventive and creative and kind of scrappy all that stuff is, and yeah, the yeah, all the sets and yeah, yeah, I love all that. So I can I can forgive the kind of clunky way it wraps up, especially because a lot of those soldiers are quite memorable characters too. Yeah, I love it. Like they they when they're introduced, there's there's like a, a sudden uh, insert of humour going mm-hmm. on. They're talking about like <laughs> you muppet. He's yeah. still waiting for Marks and Spencer to reopen all this kind of stuff. It's like, oh, this is like really hilarious, like hearing hearing this stuff, like uh, especially as a Brit myself. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you want, a fucking sweetie? Like hearing all this kind <laughs> of slang and whatnot. It's like funny, um, which, yeah, makes it more brutal when it when, when it turns and the true motivations are kind of revealed. Uh, that, yeah, yeah. there's something sickening about that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. It's overall like an excellent excellent uh, zombie flick
0: one of the best one of the best and f- yeah I guess I uh, guess we can do ratings I'm I'm giving this one a 8 out of 10 I think that despite its flaws it is still really great um, also I forgot to mention they uh, apparently they shot that end sequence on film and not digital
1: yeah that's right yeah um, I don't know why necessarily so maybe there could be a 4k <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> just for that scene
1: yeah it doesn't really yeah it doesn't really matter for that scene either yeah exactly I, they don't they don't need to be scrappy it is yeah like a, a new lens over it i suppose because yeah they're more hopeful there is a happiness to it um I'm, I'm like just a tad under i'm like a really about as low as an 8 out of 10 can be a four star because like the yeah it it is a clunky way to wrap up in that that daughter character man like it will be a very strong eight out of ten without her i feel like um but that it really does injure the movie in a way that is regretful she but. stinks
0: <laughs> this <is> fucking, like <laughs> yeah. what give it 10 years we'll be able to ai replace her okay we'll have yeah. the we'll have the perfect yeah. move we can just make little tweaks get rid of her <laughs>
1: Yeah, just have like Bella Bella
0: Ramsey play her or something. Nathan Fielder <laughs> Use the AI to do it. Dad. <laughs> like I can imagine him doing it actually, pretty well. Like the way the way that she speaks is basically the same as if if you know him yeah, doing it's his so thing.
1: Like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they knew I'm on just, set like what uh, what level it was.
0: The the apartment scene, I'm just imagine oh god. People you got to Keep a list of all the things that I want you to replace with Nathan Fielder and one, 10 years in the future, we will have the technology and there will be like a great <laughs> <laughs> catalog of films. I'm just imagining him like at the end of the apartment scene with that Ave Maria cover like starting to play. He's like, you need us more than well, we both need each other. Like that's such a, I can just imagine him saying it right now just in the Nathan for you kind of. Pitch, <laughs> voice, breath. <laughs> Great film.
1: Okay, is it time? Is it time uh, for the uh, the sequel?
0: Yeah, I guess it's time for the other one.
1: Yeah, the other one. This is <laughs> this is interesting to me, right? Because like I was I was so impressed with how Twenty Eight Days Later it aged, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it aged like a fine wine. Whereas Twenty Eight Weeks Later it's aged like milk. Holy crap, I was kind of was kind of shocked because I don't remember it being like this. Um, so bad. I, I definitely didn't watch <laughs> it as much as, yeah, days. But yeah, 28 weeks later, five years after, 28 Days Later was released, we have director Juan Carlos Fresnadillo, a Spanish director who I'm not really familiar with. I've not seen anything else from him. And three writers who I'm also not familiar with. No Alex Garland, which uh, definitely shows. um Man, what a what a crazy missed opportunity here. Um also a shorter runtime, only an hour 40 for this.
0: Could have fooled me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um yeah, so like the the plot is basically it's basically just like a, an elaborate excuse to do the first movie again. It's like so dumb. <laughs> they 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 there's a time jump that explains that the zombies basically all died of starvation at a certain point. Um there's this elaborate opening scene with uh, Robert Carlyle and his wife in this cabin during the, the heat of the infection, the heat of the rage virus, and he leaves her, and it, yeah, it leaves this character guilt-ridden. Um, and it's even that has its problems, honestly. That that opening scene with like this little little boy showing up, just the execution of it is kind of muddy. Even though I think Danny Boyle actually directed a lot of that scene.
0: Oh yeah. Um, uncredited?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, cuz he was also Do a producer tell. on the movie. Um okay. yeah, that's that's the that's the one piece of involvement I'm pretty sure.
0: That's probably why it's like half competent then. Uh, uh-huh. it's maybe. definitely
1: the best part of the movie is that opening uh-huh. and st- it, it does a good job of establishing that Robert Carlyle character, but to me that's the the, ob- the most obvious glaring flaw is like they establish this character, they give him the stakes they bring. They have this wife character who you think has died in the opening credits, but through just these stupid, dumb events, um, Robert Carlyle's children, who were away. I think they were on holiday in Spain. They mention um, yeah. for the, for the outbreak, so they were kind of protected for that time. They they've sectioned off part of London that is clear of the virus but all around it there are zones that haven't been cleared yet so i don't know why they're bringing children to that environment to begin with anyway really dumb um but the kids of course have to be kids in a horror movie and go and escape into the danger zone where their house was and they find the mother there
0: for no reason at all and they've only the only thing that they've been told the entire movie is just hey just don't like go outside the zone they're like, we're gonna sneak out. <laughs> Meanwhile it's yeah, being yeah. surveilled by like snipers and they're just like, Well, they just happen to know <laughs> yeah. the one spot near the bridge or something where like, I don't know, where the sniper's not looking at, at noon. <laughs> like I don't and, they didn't even go out at night, yeah. didn't they? They went out in like in the middle and, of the fucking day. No,
1: no, it was yeah, it was the middle of the day. They like drive a moped around. Yeah, yeah really dumb.
0: Like, how do you want how do you expect to get back in, assholes? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? The, um, Can a zombie just sneak in?
1: <laughs> yeah. They but speaking of uh, The Last of Us, that's kind of how they explain how the mother survived. She's kind of like Ellie in The Last of Us. A, a carrier, she's not affected by the virus in the same way, which kind of a interesting idea and impetus of a good idea could be explored there, but that's it's more just an excuse to get The story to a place where they can have another outbreak in London, basically.
0: And why didn't they just fucking eat her? Okay. Like you like that. We saw the zombies break into the room Mm -hmm. just because she isn't affected by the bite in a way that would make her turn into a zombie doesn't mean they wouldn't fucking kill her like what happened with the husband immediately mm-hmm. when like he kisses her so dumb he kisses her he gets a virus they could the have done with another
1: flashback yeah. yeah yeah i mean
0: who cares if there was a flashback it just obviously there was no logical reason for that to happen no 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 right her um, but that's her... the thing
1: it's like some of these things i don't know they could have been cleaned up and some of these things could have been okay in my mind um but it, it's just so it's so weirdly paced this movie like by the 35 40 minute mark like anything they'd established is kind of thrown out the window like they, they kill Robert Carlyle they kill the mum character and I guess you're supposed to be invested in the, the kids but it's kind of like the first movie where neither of them are particularly good especially that little boy um, and they've they got to carry all these scenes they
0: are about 20 times better than fucking Hannah though oh yeah yeah they are
1: better <laughs> but they ain't great it's just like the, the, the whole impetus of the story is like abandoned and there's like nothing to care about. It, you're, you're supposed to. Jeremy Renner is kind of becomes the main character at a mm-hmm. certain point. He's like the army sniper who has a sympathy for the kids and won't shoot at them, and like decides to try and help them out of the the new outbreak that starts happening. And the the way the way the outbreak kind of happens is, it's like what. What is going on? Robert Carlyle, he kisses his wife, who's, who's like strapped up in the bed. There's no security anywhere. And
0: not under any sort of surveillance, not being watched by anyone.
1: Yeah, anybody. no surveillance. No cameras. Um, and or then, anything. like, he, he's running through hallways, infecting all these heavily armed soldiers who somehow don't see him coming and don't put him down. Um, and it, it turns into a whole. Epic scale craziness. Um, even though, like oh, the whole half an hour prior, they they go out of their way to show how the U.S. military has a presence. It, mm-hmm. Idris Elba plays like a military general guy, and there's like guns everywhere. There's like
0: yeah, the most incompetent ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like what this is so annoying and dumb. Like the very the, the way they yeah. The, the, if you think the the ending of Twenty Eight Days is clunky with how they. Get to that conclusion. This is something else. Like, this is, it's schlock. But by the time you got like the helicopter pilot like flying through crowds of zombies, eviscerating them, it's like this, this is pure schlock right here. This is like dumb. This is so stupid. Very. It's, It's kind of like, it feels like, it feels like a Hollywood interpretation of like, if like the, a Hollywood team sees 28 days later and it's like, we can do that. Let's do that. That's how it feels. You know, the CG planes and helicopters flying around and all the like, its just taking all the wrong stuff and trying to just missing the whole stylistic flair and yeah. kind of subtleness of that first movie and just really, really missing the ball.
0: Yeah. I'm pissed off. Well, so, like, this is a film that was really well received at the time. <laughs> yeah. And
1: it's actually got a higher meta score than the original.
0: Yeah. Somehow. And there's a, there's a bunch of people. A not insignificant amount of people that like this better than the first movie and I don't know if they would still say that today maybe they haven't watched it in a while but there's like you go through IMDb you can see some of the reviews on there from like 2007 and 8 or whatever people are at the time this really worked for people and I remember feeling alone watching this and not having like a huge love for it because I remember watching Mm -hmm. it and being like not really getting much out of it when I was younger. People are like, what are you talking about? It's like the best. I'm I'm struggling to understand what people got out of it, or if it's just the weird, like, sort of military boner and all the like cool chat mm. dialogue and all the dumb cool music or something. Like, is that what really connects with people? I'm not sure. Or here's another explanation: that fucking music <laughs> that they use three
1: yeah, or four times. I was laughing at that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's embarrassing <laughs> how they, it the it, end. they use it as a crutch. And in the opening scene, it's like, just try to imagine the opening scene without the music. It's not like the worst thing ever. Like the, the opening scene still is fine. And there's really intense mm-hmm. imagery. You know, the zombies running over the hill and him like barely making out. Like most competent part of the entire movie easily. Yeah. But the way that they keep repeating that song, which in the first movie only got played once at the very end, remember this film they're literally just Mm -hmm. use it like they're they're spamming it because without it the movie isn't you're you're really not going to get that tone you're really not going to get that much out of the scene in most of the scenes that they use it in it is it is a no insane apparently
1: um it's the same composer i think i think it's still murphy but apparently he only had two weeks to score it wow definitely he did the rest of the
0: music too (laughs) I was I shocked. So, yeah. That's shocking because I would have assumed by hearing it that it was someone else that did the music and they were just trying to emulate mm-hmm. John Murphy's style. Yeah. I don't know if it's better or worse that he phoned it in because I kind of appreciate that he didn't try in some way. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, well,
1: I already, I already composed this, like, but you yeah. can try. Just, just use this three times. And it's
0: not a good movie anyway. So No, no. Yeah. The directing's not good.
1: No, it's actually kind of funny at points. Yeah, like what they're trying to do. There's like there's like a random like wipe in there. Like lots of like I don't know if they're trying to be oh, like that crazy was really out funny, there, yeah. stylish like Danny Boyle, but like yes, yeah, yeah, so, right. so much weird stylistic stuff that like just didn't work. Lots of slow mo, like another kind of 2007. Yeah. sort of tropey like and not good slow mo either. Yeah. Like it, it it looks corny, it looks silly,
0: choppy dumb slow-mo and the the fucking flashbacks and the repeats too. There was a part where yeah. the guy uh the main dad dude is like explaining to his kids like I just you know, I tried to go back for her, she wasn't there and it's like like the flashbacks that are a reminding us of a scene that happened literally like 15 minutes ago and it was the only other notable thing that happened in the movie. So you didn't need mm-hmm. to show it. And then B they play the same clips multiple times and then slow it down, and it felt like yeah. a fucking Tim yeah. and Eric sketch where you hear the the zombie. <laughs> like they they pitch shifted the zombie noise lower, and it was like ah, and then ah, like it was, it was like this is comedic, like this is really really bad. And It aged terribly. Yeah. So I'm I feel I feel a little vindicated not having been you know loved this movie when it was out. It was in my rotation, and I definitely watched it probably like six times or something when I was younger just maybe thinking that I would enjoy it even though I didn't Mm -hmm. remember much about it now I'm older and it's not just oh I don't remember much about it it's this is actively bad (laughs) this is actively bad and I'm glad I'm fucking writing notes and doing a podcast about this so I don't make that mistake again (laughs) yeah
1: I had a similar experience cuz I would have been I don't know like 13 at the time zero critical fa- faculty but there was something like I didn't watch this one like I watched 28 days later like mm-hmm. I'd never revisited this since and yeah it's it's clear why there but there's this whole there's this whole angle and I was really curious to to know if you'd pick up um the geography in this movie is is horrendous Incomprehensible. It's, it's like super yeah it's so irritating and it's clearly well, see if you agree with me on this. It, it, to me, it seemed like they just wanted to use iconogra- London iconography, but without it making any sense whatsoever.
0: Oh, so like, I didn't pick up on that They're just jumping all, from...
1: Actually. Yeah, yeah. So they're going from kind of landmark to landmark. They're showing Big Ben. They go into Trafalgar Square. They go into various like uh, football stadiums and what and whatnot. But in a way that, if you looked at like a map from above of like Mm -hmm. the the directions they were going, it's like doesn't make sense. They're leaving central London, going back into central London, going to the other side of London, and it's like. What is super annoying because the first movie is not like that. I wouldn't necessarily no. bring that up if it wasn't something that betrays that first movie. But the first movie is actually really logical and sensical in the kind of journey they go on across the country. They, so they probably, go all the way up to Manchester in that original.
0: The, the first film is so iconic and there's so much about it that is just ingrained in pop culture that this film feels mm-hmm. like kind of a misinterpretation of that. They probably just saw like, oh, yeah, so the first film had all these... Uh, these uh, landmarks in London, we just put more landmarks yeah. in it like without really understanding <laughs> why made uh-huh. it work.
1: That's what's crazy. There's like a broadness to this movie that seems like it's pandering to an American audience, which is so strange with the like setting with having Robert Carlyle seemingly as the lead. But then, yeah, you, you have Jeremy Renner and Rose Byrne as these like Army soldiers, which I think is also hilarious. Like the the way the, the army is depicted in this movie compared to in 28 days is like a really funny contrast. Um, cause it's very like hoorah in uh yeah, in weeks.
0: Um. Oh, yeah, it, it tries to be cool and like the soundtrack does too. So, which is also why I was kind of surprised mm-hmm. to hear that it was John Murphy again. Is there's this really irritating and just gross tone of like, yeah, what you're seeing right now. This is modern and it's super cool, and, and like the, oh, the the soundtrack just really exemplifies that. It, uh, and so, props <laughs> to John Murphy for understanding what the fucking film was going for and complimenting it. Yeah, you know, it's well, not wanted, what I want to hear. Yeah. But damn, like the, the 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 whole unironic, really boring chatter between the snipers. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, I want to screw yeah. your
1: wife, dude.
0: I'm not gay. You're not. I'm, you're cool, gay. Man. Maybe I'm the not gayest. <laughs> it's like basically the whole <laughs> <laughs> all the dialogue yeah yeah it's uh they sounded like video game characters kind of when they were like chatting mm-hmm. like well tango gotta take them out and then also like yeah, strategically like yeah strategically what the fuck they put all the civilians in a room and turned out the lights <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do they <laughs> like, do? That? Trapped him in there, <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, we can't tell if it's civilians or zombos." We're, we're snipers. Everybody's just running. Yeah, and then over the radio, they're like, "We've we've lost control. You have permission to shoot civilians now." It's like, well, did you run out of zombies? Like yeah. maybe you wanted to shoot the zombies first. Are you just gonna shoot it everyone? Makes the U.S. What's military
1: the- look like completely incompetent. You know? Yeah. Which is another funny contrast. Like, the, the way they have that building locked down in the original. They've mm-hmm. got, like, a perimeter. They've got trip mines. Yeah. They they have it pretty much covered. Like, it only goes wrong because of Killian's input, pretty exactly. much. Exactly. Um, <laughs> whereas here, they're like, yeah, it's the whole force of the U.S. Army. They've got, like, machine guns. They have a million snipers. And it still gets out of control to the point where they've got to, like carpet bomb the entirety of central london <laughs> all through mm-hmm. everything is like complete ineptitude just because it, it all happens because of these kids basically these kids unravel this whole <laughs> the whole uh, army of, a, Can't of even the, blame country, the, kids. the biggest military in the world
0: they're allowing this to happen they if, they if a kid can do that that's your fault if you if you're gonna yeah. allow the kids to do this that like this is your this is entirely your fault for not having a properly secured perimeter <laughs> And then bringing them back, and then like the fi- having the mom not even be like watched, just the dad that's there, kisses yeah, her, blah, blah blah blah. Like there's a, no reason why any of this had to happen, and it's just a bunch of nonsense. And yeah. it wouldn't be as bad if it wasn't so excruciatingly slow. Like thirty minutes into the fucking movie, mm-hmm. barely anything has happened. It's just the opening scene and the dad being like, "I lie, I'm lying about the mom," and that's it. Like mm-hmm. they, they're fucking. Walk, uh, riding their bikes around London, dicking around doing nothing. We got these fucking like pretend jump scares. The the two in a row, at the helicopter. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Boo!" He's like, "Ha! I'm scaring you." I
1: laughed at the second one. I was like, yeah, the then? second one was so stupid. <laughs> did, did it
0: just skip? <laughs> yeah. God, it's so it like this is this is a horrendous movie. This is a very bad movie. Mm,
1: so much worse than I remember it
0: being. Visually, it looks fucking awful. The the lighting the pretend nighttime lighting where everything's just like, okay, you didn't shoot this at night and you're just putting like a weird filter over it, pretending it's night.
1: Again, missing the point of the original like griminess and the the scrappiness of it. Like, yeah, they were shooting at four in the morning. They did what they had to, they did Mm -hmm. what made sense with the like limited nature of the script, but the the scope is just too big for what they needed to do. Cause yeah, they couldn't, they couldn't shoot at night because all the buildings would have lights on. So yeah, they had to do this awkward, uh, it's like it was like a new technique for this movie like shooting in daytime making it look like nighttime quote mm. unquote but it just looks like garbage uh, yeah yeah it's hilarious it's, it came out five years after 28 days and it looks so much worse way worse the effects are the terrible original film
0: that fucking digital mm-hmm. eyeball thing <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> all the CG like planes and helicopters oh and yeah the, the smoke and fire looked awful
0: those explosions when like the fucking yeah. when when the streets are blowing up that reminded me of twisted pair those awful cg explosions <laughs> reminded me of twisted yeah. pair like <laughs> <laughs> it's basically that it's basically that people loved this movie
1: yeah I, yeah that that's what was kind of shocking to me
0: and there might be some people that still love it <laughs> and if and if you're a person that loves this movie right now i would recommend watch it again and see if you still feel that way cuz there there's things that were acceptable for 2007, maybe that you know would be fine for the average person. That I don't, I don't know if you could show this as a new movie today without it being like clowned on. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it would have the same impact. Almost
1: double the budget, of the original too. Yeah, fifteen million dollar budget. Yeah.
0: This 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 got a this had the excuse of being in 2007. <laughs> like it got mm-hmm. away with it somehow. <laughs> Damn! Yeah. I want to read some of these like, Metascore critic reviews. Yeah,
1: do it. Super corny. It is schlock. It's crazy schlock. It's zombie schlock.
0: Yeah, I I don't I don't like. You mentioned you mentioned the uh, locations. I just hate how I never really get a feel for the environment because everything is just so closely mm. shot. Every shot is just yeah. way too tight, tightly framed. And there's no it, there's there's no sense of location in the in the same way as the first film. It doesn't feel like set pieces. It it just feels like this mesh, this fucking jello of, <laughs> of scenery, and so much mm-hmm. of it is, is at nighttime, and there's nothing, even with different locations that technically happen in this film, everything is just so forgettable. Like, there's nothing memorable about any of these locations or anything that happens in any of these locations, or mm-hmm. how the locations are used in what happens, like, barely anything fucking happens and the stuff that happens is all insanely boring
1: which is a shame because like in theory and concept some of these locations could have really cool memorable potential like when they're underground at the end like in the old uh, well not even the old just the underground tube lines like you could do such a cool set piece down there like you know bring i keep bringing up the last of us but in the last of Us part two there's that really memorable set piece that's all like in underground trains and this like harsh lighting and all these particles flying around you could do so much with some of these settings like you're in central london like there's there's so many different places you could go and yeah they just completely squander it like the only scene i i remembered from this before rewatching watching it was the the sniper dodging scene which kind of is illuminating in retrospect it's like <laughs> why is that the scene i remember from the,
0: the yeah i don't know movie. why i always remembered that scene and it's not even a good scene but that's just like the barely what i grasped onto in terms of like if yeah. if someone were, were to point a gun to my head and ask me what happened in the movie that's what i would talk about like five ten years ago or however long like when i was younger and i didn't remember anything about it like for some reason that stuck out stuck out
1: mm-hmm. yeah I'm me. The so only thing I remembered. Um, oh, there's a hilarious review here from the Chicago Tribune. I, Swift, yeah, vicious, that. and grimly imaginative. The zombie film Twenty Eight Weeks Later exceeds its predecessor Twenty Eight Days Later in every way. In every way. <laughs> Eighty-eight.
0: Man. And so, yeah, you have all these like little snippet reviews of like actual publications and actual critics. Boston Globe. The script is biting uh, and timely. Oh, I'm just trying to think. What about the script is a positive? What about the script is a positive out of all the things to to mm. pick out about the film and say why you enjoyed it. What about the script? Can you possibly say is good? <laughs> like, I just, yeah. I want to, I want to I know. I
1: can remember like a single good line of dialogue where that's what we're talking about for a big chunk of the 20 days later, like loads of memorable lines, loads of great yeah. character work, loads of memorable stuff.
0: The dialogue yeah, there's, there's is really shit. nothing. The pacing sucks. And then the sequence of events is just, like, dumb. <laughs> so, what, <laughs> what, what, what about the script? <laughs> what about It's the just,
1: script? like, simple, basic stuff. There's no, like, perspective character. It, it would be, like, if 40 minutes into 28 Days Later, they killed off Killian Murphy. It's like, oh. So, there's nothing to anchor this around. It like, feels really scatterbrain after they kill um, the Scottish fella. Like, it's mm-hmm. just a baffling decision. Yeah. There's nothing to anchor the story or, like, focus on. It's like jumping character to character in a way that doesn't even seem, like, intentional. Like, they're trying to do something unique with, like, passing off the baton to different characters who are, like, frantically trying to escape the city. It it doesn't feel satisfying. It just feels like a bunch of squandered potential. Or, like, everything's just, like, a waste of time. Like, why even... Why would you even do that intro? If it if it's all this like big nihilistic excuse to explain how the virus gets to Paris, it's like it's like kind of like miserable, like where it ends up, you know. It's like not even like a fun adventure. Mm-hmm. It just sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's insanely boring, basically incomprehensible. Every. I don't understand how I'm supposed to care about anything that's happening the entire movie cuz I don't care about the kids. And then the way like even even in No. I can I can as I was watching the movie I was like imagining think like being the type of person to think that something's really intense or effective in that movie. So like the part where mm-hmm. they're all in the trapped in the room in the dark and the lights go out and stuff. Like sure like conceptually there's there's something pretty scary about you know oh zombies are happening and it's all dark it's dark now but then like i look mm. at how it's filmed there's like a fucking it's it, the same issue with the descent part two where there's like implied yeah. dark but it's not dark and there's like a fucking rave party going on in the in the vents for some reason i'm like where's the who's flashing the flashlight around <laughs> Like just in the vents behind the kid. Like I guess it's implied that yeah. it's supposed to be reflective from something else. Then you have like the night vision scene later in the film, where you know it's fr- it's from the perspective of the night vision sniper or whatever. She's like, "No, watch, mm-hmm. watch out, uh, step over this dead body." They're like going over an escalator. I'm like, that's a good concept for mm-hmm. a scene, the but then it the just wreck. yeah, then it just shows the the reverse shot and it shows the sniper's face with real lighting because they couldn't fucking help themselves and now i'm like okay well it's not pitch black because i can see her face why'd you have to show that you uh-huh. could have done the entire thing from the sni the the uh night vision perspective that would have been so much more effective how can they show that in a movie and not understand that that ruins the audience's ability to to feel as though it's dark when you're showing that it's not
1: yeah I guess yeah, it the whole fine for editing the time, but, yeah. kind of trickle out of the, the tension in that scene just doesn't come together. It's like they're, it's like they're impatient with their own material. They, they won't let it sit long enough. So they just want to rush to Robert Carlyle coming in and killing Rose Byrne. It's like, we haven't even mentioned, though, like, we had Robert Carlyle. I don't know what they were trying to do with that character, where once he becomes a zombie, he's like the Don Zombie. He's like yeah, following then he's them around and, and then like he's disappearing like, like Batman.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he like he's in the background of a shot and then he disappears. And it's like, based on everything else that happens in the movie, you can't really tell if that's something that happened in the character's head or if that just really happened. Yeah. Like it's it could be that dumb that it just really happened.
1: My interpretation is that it actually did happen. I, th- I might think have that's what you're trying happened. to say was that he's like following them as a way to try and explain how he's there yeah, at the right. end anyway. Because they carpet bomb the whole city. Like they show the mother character being eviscerated by the fire, but like yeah. he's hiding. From, that's right. He like he like hides behind a pillar
0: <laughs> as it's being like
1: carpet bombed. That's funny. And he like survives somehow.
0: <laughs> he's the smartest zombie.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they're trying to say with that.
0: He has a lot of agency and knows how to plan things and he only wants to bite like one kid <laughs> he like he he he's yeah. locked on to a target forever and he knows how to stealth his way to catch them off guard later <laughs> in the film instead of just running towards them and biting them immediately he'll yeah. he'll bite his time he'll play the long con
1: but then doesn't even achieve it anyway because the the little boy they they explain through the different eye colors. Clearly, he's also so a carrier. So when he's when he's bitten, um... <laughs>
0: it's basically a Neil Green thing too.
1: True, you know,
0: like the weird Breen eye thing. Likes, she like...
1: was in the background of this.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. I just it's it's this is this is one of the most baffling movies in terms of like audience and critical response being so unanimously positive. And not just when it came out, but a lot yeah. of people, like, if you look on Reddit, like, there's posts in the past, like, fucking month, probably, that I've read on, <laughs> like, the movie subreddit, people just being like, yeah, 28 weeks later, it's, like, better than the first. Or, like, what a great sequel. It's one of the few great sequels or something. Like, it's horrendous. Like, it's really, really bad. It's not even, like, it's not even just, like, oh, this is not for me. This is, like, this is embarrassing. It's, like, really pathetic. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm not sure
1: if I've had such a, like, extreme dissonance with how a film sat in my memory. And then, like revisiting it like a decade later, it's like, oh my god, this is like hilariously bad. It's not, it's not just like forgettable. It's like actually, like <laughs> embarrassingly, <Aggressively. laughs> it, it it really sucks. <laughs> Especially when you're contrasting it with like r- watching it right after Twenty Eight Days Later. And yeah, it does. It has aged so well, and there's like so much to appreciate. And then you like load to this, and it's like, yeah, oh, this is really trapped in two thousand and seven. This is yeah, this is really aged poorly. Um yeah, another one of these reviews saying this might be the man to adapt Cormac McCarthy's post-apocalyptic novel The Road. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, there's a real disconnect there.
0: Very bizarre. And I'm looking you know I'm looking for these actual full reviews so I can get their full perspective and they're just like gone. the Chicago Tribune one, Michael Phillips. Click on the link. It just doesn't show up. You try to look at it in Google. It doesn't show up. So it's too old. Th- it's one of those things where, like, I guess they weren't publishing. It wasn't that common to be publishing that material online in the first place in 2007. No. So maybe they have just find never find scans
1: of the papers or whatever.
0: Yeah, we'd have to find scans of the papers. You're right. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, why would they remove that? It, it was that online at any point? I'm looking for like any one of these reviews, and they're all real critics. Like I've seen the name a.o scott before uh, michael phillips chicago tribune yeah like there's these are real well,
1: yes like entertainment weekly variety hollywood reporter yeah. uh, so yeah. they're
0: all showing up like 404 page not found like every single one of these <laughs> i don't know if that's a thing that generally happens in movies from like 2008 when you try to find the it's <laughs> that awkward period story?
1: where yeah the yeah yeah the uh documentation just isn't up to snuff
0: yep yep yeah. What do, what else do we say about it? It's it's genuinely horrendous. It's genuinely like shit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Because oh I was like God. at
1: first I was I was I was trying to appreciate it in ways and be like yeah this is yeah people like this I I remember kind of digging this people it's got good meta scores got lots of like high ratings and then just over time you kind of start <laughs> laughing at it like i was losing it at that helicopter scene it's like this is like the dumbest shit this is so ridiculous <laughs> this is missing the point
0: yeah i was i was looking at some of these reviews um after i was doing my uh watch along stream mm-hmm. and uh i opened up one of them <laughs> you start by like 10 out of 10 on the imdb user reviews <laughs> oh here i found it here yeah there we go uh, ten out of ten. So October two thousand seven. This one, I love this one. Ten out of ten. Twenty eight weeks later, the best horror film ever made. Twenty eight weeks later is the best horror film ever. If you disagree, you are a thick, clueless idiot. You have serious issues, and you should consider killing yourself. <laughs> and I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
1: Oh, that's like a flashback to the, uh, the old West internet. Oh nice. uh, yeah, I love oh, yeah.
0: I love IMDb reviews. But you know what? People <laughs> people shit on IMDb. <laughs> But you get, like, earnest things there, right? I am I would yeah. rather have this, like, just a window into someone's very sad mind than for every fucking top <laughs> review to just be like, I pooped my pants. Like, some meme. <laughs> like, that's yeah. what Letterboxd is to me. Like, everybody's just, like, n- n- mm-hmm. the most disingenuous like no one's being earnest and it's like uh, even if you are yeah. then you're not even gonna get seen on the website because people mm-hmm. are just voting fucking memes
1: yeah those imdb re- reviews they capture the zeitgeist better than uh yep these critic ones at least at least they're still there yeah you if i want to understand
0: before. or at least attempt to understand what people were thinking at one point in time or what people think about a particular film you can get that from the imdb reviews a lot of 10 out of 10 ratings on this one. A lot of 10 out of... Full 10 out of 10 reviews. A lot of people saying it's like better than the f- first. And yeah, I don't get it. It's not... The writing sucks. It yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. They could have made it better if there was a scene where they brought back Killian Murphy and then he built like a bomb and then Jeremy Renner had to defuse it. <laughs> <laughs> then that would have probably Holy made shit. it better.
1: They'll do that in 28 months later. Yeah. They're like nostalgia cash grab version. Apparently Danny Boyle is like still interested in doing that.
0: They all keep teasing. Every single one of them. Danny Boyle, Alex Garland and Killian Murphy. They keep they'll be asked about it in an interview and they're like well if the other ones want to do it I'll do it but uh, you know. And then like you you just never hear them making actual plans to do it. Yeah. We're coming up to the point in time like in real time like what 2030 will be 28 years after the first Mm -hmm. film. So you never the know. to do it. That would if the, if there's a time, there's a, that's the time. Twenty eight years later, I don't know. If <laughs> yeah, before. man. If they need the Alex title. Garland
1: there. Like, Danny Bull's a very talented director, but he needs that script in there too. He needs that screenplay.
0: Does Alex Garland still do uh, screenplays for other people, or is he just doing his own? I think he thing mostly then? does his own thing. Like, um, I wonder what would happen if he yeah, directed it instead of Danny.
1: True. Yeah. I could get down with that. I, I like I like his work a lot, actually. Yeah. Oh, Garland. I always want to check out his stuff. Um, it could
0: be an interesting direction, and surely after the fucking mm-hmm. existing sequel, b- Breath of Fresh Air. There has to be an <laughs> idea
1: for the story, because it, it really feels like, to me, they had the title first and then worked backwards. Like, oh, how do of we, course. Yeah, 28 weeks later. That's genius. How do, Now, how do we make that work? <laughs> how do we make that happen? Um, apparently, like Garland's, one bit of input was the in the opening kind of montage where it's saying after this many weeks this happened after this da, 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 da. Yeah. that's like the one th- bit he
0: added I still have that soundtrack in my mind it's not great but mm-hmm. I think I liked the s- score a lot more when I was younger I think I liked the score but now it's just like yeah very dated and very overly cool and just fuck
1: uh huh well, it's because when you're young, it's just cool like with you, you love the original, and then there's just more of that thing you love, so it doesn't even really matter its no. quality. You're just gonna—it's it's the sequel, so it's more of it. Cool, yeah. nice, yeah, yeah. This was crazy rewatching. Like I was, yeah, I was quite, I was quite shocked by uh, how it missed the
0: point. It was an oh, stinky entirely. Every single good thing
1: about Days is like misinterpreted and. Not able to be uh, reimagined or uh, uh, expanded on in any meaningful way. It's all like quite the inverse, actually. Yeah,
0: embarrassing. These people
1: out there rewatch this. Yeah, re- rewatch this. If you remember it like we do, or how the critics do, or whatever. It's it's quite an it's quite a strange experience that I, I haven't really had. Yeah, I can't, I can't even think of another time where to this degree anyway like I've had movies I've liked as a kid and been like well that was yeah like a dumb it's like the Bionicle movie or some shit yeah (laughs) there's no there aren't critics saying it's like an 8 out of 10 or whatever you know
0: 10 out of 10 this is something different (laughs) praising the writing
1: (laughs) that's crazy
0: yeah I think I think everybody needs to collectively sit down and (laughs) re-watch this film
1: yeah everybody Especially
0: Everyone. after re rewatching the original. Like rewatch the original, rewatch this film. Yeah. Let me know if you still feel that way. Leave a comment. I'm very yeah, you know, fascinated know. Yeah, by what in this movie isn't like absolute dog shit, other than maybe parts of the opening scene or something. So <laughs> two out of ten. Fucking gigantic turd. It's a, it's so bad. It's it's horrendous. It's genuinely horrendous.
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling to even justify giving it a two because it is like I did not understand the assignment, you know, like, Jesus Christ, this, yeah, this might be a half star for me, honestly, like Man. it was, it was really shocking, like how, <laughs> how kind of inept it was, all the wrong decisions, all the wrong focus points, yeah, That's age amazing. horribly, looks, Awful. looks her- horrible, bad scripts, all the set pieces are like skimmed over or not focused or memorable, the geography yeah. is just, God, God, that was bugging me, it's just like, what? How they how they jumping from, what, where are they going? Why are they doing that? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. How, how are they at Trafalgar Square now? How are they, by the tape modem right now? This t- It felt really like pandering, like, yeah, to a broad audience that the original didn't feel like it needed to do. Yeah, putting in those flashbacks, putting in all this stuff that's like, oh, the audience won't remember that scene from half an hour ago. All this kind of, of stuff. Like, man, nah, nah, go away. Terrible.
0: Yeah. No. Nah. I'm g- I'm gonna forget about everything in this movie in a week, and but now we I n- already now had I saw it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so forgettable. And I've seen this movie. Like, I swear this is like the seventh time I've seen it. But <laughs> when I'm younger and I don't remember anything about a movie, I just I I had a bit more naivete or optimism, or I was I was not yeah. as experienced in my own experience. <laughs> but now mm-hmm. I I know pretty confidently. If there's something that I know I watched when I was younger and I can't remember anything about it, it might be fucking yeah. boring. It might be because it's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> depending on the movie, I guess. But you know, fuck. Yeah, yeah, terrible, terrible, bad. Yeah, yeah, really,
1: really disappointed by that.
0: <laughs> I have a, I have a note in my uh, notes <laughs> that says. <laughs> random crank zoom shot on a house for no reason in the middle of the motorbike scene do you remember that part oh yeah It's just like they zoom in on a random house in the middle of a scene for no reason it's like is that you thinking that you're emulating danny boyle style just like a random crank zoom shot that has nothing to do with the rest of the scene that you're filming
1: there are a lot of moments like that where it's like yeah what stylistically strange like the the wipe is the, the craziest oh, yeah. one to me
0: editing is just incomprehensible a
1: <laughs> really slow wipe it's like what <laughs> this
0: tonally is very strange that was one of the funniest moments <laughs> yeah <laughs> so bad alright yeah. question time let's do it yeah
1: let's do a couple of questions here from the Sardonicast community head over to the suggestion thread over on the subreddit where I'll leave a little thread where you can ask us anything you fancy just like SGT underscore flatbread did. Um, yeah, I'm curious to get your opinion on this one. So I, I missed this because I think this, this news dropped while I was in Toronto and we we're at TIFF. So on the topic of Sam Levinson being a hack, did you guys know that he actually took over the role of director on Euphoria from Petra Collins, a young artist and photographer? She's now coming out saying he ripped off a majority of her ideas and is pawning them off as his own. Uh-oh. She apparently did a majority of the pre-production <laughs> for the first season and then before shooting was forced to step down by HBO with the reason given being her lacking experience. Comparing Euphoria to Collins's artwork... I personally feel it shows Levinson stole a lot of the show's visual style from her artwork as well. Thoughts? Also, I love the podcast. Been a fan since episode one. Thanks for all the laughs and entertainment, boys. So I can send you an article here and I've got the quote um, that is going around or was going around the other day from her. It was from an interview uh, with Punked. So this is her quote, right? I tell you the truth about that series that was never told. I never talked about this publicly because it's such a crazy thing, but basically the reason I moved to LA was because Sam Levinson, who directed the show, he reached out to my agency and told, I wrote a show based on your photos. Will you direct it? So I moved to LA and worked for HBO for about five months. I was like, I am directing the show. I created a whole world for it. I did the casting, whatever. And the last minute HBO was like, we're not hiring you because you're too young and that I was like, fine, okay, thank you so much. They won't take my version of the show, obviously. I was so naive, they'll just do another one. So it was fine, I learned a lot, it was interesting. And a year later, I walked out of my apartment, yeah, I walked out of my apartment and see this billboard and it's exactly what I am, a copy of my work. I started crying, I was so shocked. I mean, it happens to me so many times in my career, but not on a scale like that. It was so intense to me because this is the aesthetic that I've built all my life. And now I have to change it because it enters the mainstream and it's been taken away from me. The worst thing was when people were unknowingly saying the show looks like my photos. That sucks.
0: Mm. <laughs> Suspicious. That really
1: sucks. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's not like a a new thing for Hollywood slash entertainment for you know, these people, they they pitch a script or something, have some idea, some concept, and then they're let down. And then like a year later, they see it's been just completely aped or stolen or whatever. But it's quite an egregious one, um, joining this pile of uh, Sam Levinson dramas, of course, hot off the idol. I guess mm-hmm. it's now okay to be dropping this kind of stuff. Yeah, really unfortunate if what she's saying is true.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know, I'll have to... You know, I would I would want to dig into it right now. It's just one of those things where it's like, I'm willing to believe it because Sam Levinson's just such a fucking hack anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So like the, the evidence that's piling up.
0: Yeah. When I'm when I'm already looking for an explanation as to how he could have created something good and then everything else is shit. Then it kind of just like it fits that sort of. You know, it's creating a narrative that I want to believe. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because you thought, yeah, that, that first season standing out more and more.
0: Yeah, I would have to look at some comparisons and stuff. And also just, yeah, I mean, the fact that she worked on it, it's not like, oh, there's a lion in the jungle. You made a show and then there's a lion in the jungle there. And there's also <laughs> yeah. other animals. Like, this isn't just a wild, like, oh, this is being created tons of places in the world this is like oh you had had an actual involvement on it and now someone else's name is on it basically so yeah like who knows how much of it's his or hers but wow it sounds like kind of unsurprising and annoying and all you
1: have to do is yeah if you just search like petra collins look on google images like yeah definitely these these photographs this this styling is very (laughs) there's a lot of overlap for sure as far as like that visual presentation, especially if she did that much like pre-production work on it, like man, mm-hmm. that really sucks for her.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting, but hopefully, you know, with her coming out and saying this, she gets to kind of re- reclaim her style and be able to do more and maybe mm-hmm. get some actual projects. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's so that, 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 that makes things so extra bizarre because of him and. You know, taking over, replacing Amy Simons' vision on the idol. True, yeah. You know, so now it's like, okay, is this just what he does? <laughs> <kind of> like <laughs> and just yeah, shows up and says he's in charge, or like HBO is willing to put him in charge or something, and
1: yeah, replace Born to the right father, so and then uh, yeah, just man, <laughs> yeah. let's do this one from. Remember- lvs gators adam now that you're visiting atlanta more as an atlanta native what's your favorite thing about the city
0: plastic straws <laughs> plastic straws <laughs> <laughs> oh well because everywhere in canada we're trying to be like oh we're gonna do paper straws it's like yeah we're on the paper to like, straw like, thing. pretend we're making a were, difference and yeah know
1: if- all the straws in uh, toronto were plastic from memory
0: not all of them. There were some. the The Starbucks had the paper ones, and then oh, right. some of the. But I think there was maybe like one bar that had plastic straws, and then a, a bunch of the. A bunch of them. Fuck. What was that really good bar called? Those. Ha- that place had metal straws. I'm going to shout out the name of this bar. I'm just going to. find... Oh, it that was
1: cool. Phone. Yeah, find the name. The, the yeah. one without a menu.
0: Civil Liberties. Really great cocktails mm. there. Yeah. Fantastic bar. Shouting out Civil Liberties they had metal straws that was cool and then i think a bunch of places did this kind of like biodegradable plastic but not plastic sort of thing like hybrid i don't know in vancouver there's too many places with paper straws it pisses me off we got to move away from that like i get it we want to pretend we're doing something for the environment but like at a certain point it's just like what we saw one video of a turtle Mm -hmm. like what are we doing (laughs) There's clearly better options if we, I don't know. It's, we need something better than paper. If we want to get rid of plastic straws, we need something better than paper.
1: Is that, is that really your favorite thing about the city?
0: <laughs> well, I need to, here's the thing. I need to explore more about the city. So far, I have had a good time, surprisingly gay in Atlanta. Mm. Uh, you wouldn't think that for yeah. Wouldn't expect that. American South, but, you know, it's a capital city of the State Georgia, so all the yeah 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 you know more liberal or more divergent or queer people will probably congregate in the cities. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think about. I'm like I'm like a foodie, and there's some restaurants that I've really enjoyed here. Ooh, I like the I like that there's grits. I like grits. You can't find good grits mm. in Canada. Seafood's pretty good. There's there's a fun american excessiveness that i'm not sure if i love
1: (laughs) (laughs) what's in terms of food
0: or yeah like in terms of food and like portions (laughs) and like what the food is and like everything's fried and everything's greasy and it's like i like to have healthy options (laughs) and there's there's some healthy options here and there i
1: like that now and again but doesn't it just make you feel like sick after a while
0: (laughs) yeah everybody's kind of just used to it and everybody's just, I guess, expecting to die early. Um, <laughs> and that's fine for everybody. I
1: guess that's one way to live. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to... I a lot of my time spent here has just been, you know, f- fucking watching movies and stuff anyway. Like, I need, I need to explore more in the city. There's a nice um, kind of like indie theater. The Plaza, Atlanta is... Like the theater for stuff like you know, you'd find the Neil Neil Breen film there and some oh, cool, lesser yeah. known things. That's nice. Yeah. I gotta do a bit more exploring, so
1: Okay. Let's do a couple more here. Like this one from Bong Sucker. Do you have any thoughts on the overwhelming success of the One Piece live action, or plans to watch it? Personally, I'm a bit in shock at how well it's being received across the board, having now broken the previous Netflix record held by Wednesday and Stranger Things as the most popular debut show on the platform. I can't think of any other live action adaptation, anime, or otherwise, that has this level of praise. I really don't think it's much better than the average live action adaptation, aside from the 150 million that went into making some impressive sets, but I'm clearly in an extreme minority. I'm wondering how much this will fuel the trend for future live action adaptations. and curious what you think of the situation. See, I'm so put off the idea of One Piece just because of how long that, how that fucking story is. I mean, it's like a thousand plus episodes. I was like, going to say. I remember, I remember trying point? when I was a kid and just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, man, it's just going to get canceled, canceled before, before it's concluded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like you're never going
1: to catch up. Yeah. Are they going to condense this?
0: Yeah. What's the point?
1: Yeah, I don't know about that one. Um maybe I'll watch an episode because I'm a little bit curious. Cuz like everyone everyone instantly poo-pooed the Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. uh, Netflix show and it was bad. I watched like an episode of that. But yeah, the fact people are actually enjoying this that is interesting, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know, maybe maybe the it's a huge fan base. That One Piece, that they are, they are tenacious. Those One Piece fans. So I don't know if there's mm-hmm. just enough of them to to carry it or what. Um, I also kind of want to see. It might be, it might be creepy because the main character is like made out of rubber. Right? You like stretches. Like
0: I, did, <laughs> I don't is, know anything uh, about fantastic. it. Fantastic. I haven't seen the original. I don't know, and I don't know anything so about the this shit.
1: There might be some stretchy, funny thingies going on, but I don't know. I don't know. Would you ever give it a shot? How many episodes has it got? I mean it's nine. It's only
0: nine episodes right now. Yeah, I don't well I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. Not gonna I can't make any promises.
1: <laughs> yeah, I might yeah, I'm not gonna promise right now, but I'm I might I might check out an episode and see what, what we're talking about. Any interesting directors on here? I'm just looking at episode one. Mark Jobst directed it. Uh okay, director of Daredevil, I like that. Director of Hannibal, I like that. Okay, maybe I will. But mm-hmm. it, yeah, I just am off put. It's like too. It's, it's too much, man. It's there's too much One Piece. I know people love it, but man.
0: Yeah, what's the point? Like, if you're, mm-hmm. what's the point of the live ad- action adaptation if it's never you? The actors won't live long enough to see the end of the series. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you? You've done ten episodes. You're one yeah, percent yeah. of the way there and the other show's still going.
1: I wonder how much season one like covers like percentage wise of what is already out yeah, there.
0: Yeah, maybe they condensed it.
1: If it's like less than five percent, like I don't know if I can <laughs> I don't know if I can get one with that. Maybe there's a bunch of filler arcs in the original or something that
0: but... Yeah, maybe. And then you just have to wonder like how much of the story even matters beyond a certain point. Like, people are still watching One Piece, right? Like people are still watching it the anime
1: yeah yeah it's still coming out right it's, t- it's it doesn't have an ending never end <laughs> oh
0: man i could just keep going i don't yeah i don't know how to feel about that it's kind of inti- it's too intimidating to ever start
1: yeah that's kind of how i'm feeling
0: fucking it's it's taken me like just a regular tv show will often take me fucking months to get through just yeah. because i'm so busy yeah. with shit
1: I, yeah i just borrowed um the anime berserk off a friend mm-hmm. i'd rather check that out first i know that's that's it's got an ending At exactly. least as far as the there's only a couple seasons or something so yeah yeah I'd, I'd sooner watch that to be honest then start getting down the one piece train
0: yeah i don't it's i it's, it's just way too. i i can't <laughs> you can't do it <laughs> <laughs> call me when i'm not this busy in fucking 30 yeah. years
1: <laughs> hmm Should we end on this one from uh, Humane Sadness over here Saying, sure uh, Gasper Noé famously said watching Gravity while high on Ket was the best cinematic experience of his life oh, shit what is your best cinematic experience <laughs> that probably would be mad um, hmm I I, I've, I've got to say with all the all this all the shit I've been talking about acrodrift Drift it's definitely probably up there if I'm being one hundred percent honest, that was like a very good cinematic experience—not not because—and not hardly even because of the movie, you know. Just super memorable, like the the energy of the crowd. Yeah. Just pretty much everything I anything I've seen at midnight or like later, where people are already a little bit like wasted.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like a certain energy to. Yeah, it. the
0: right type of movie in that environment. It's not.
1: It's not ruining it. Yeah, exactly. That that energy is hard to match.
0: Yeah, with Hollywood at TIFF, that was epic. They all showed up. Oh yeah, so jealous.
1: So jealous. Did the Midnight
0: Madness, one. we got a live VJ Emmy doing the VJing for the movie. That was fucking uh, it was incredible. <laughs> uh, so I'm so,
1: so jealous of that one. That sounds so golden.
0: Yeah. That'd be great if it could just happen again at some point, who knows.
1: They'll do another film, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be great for it to be at TIFF. Just the fucking the live VJ Emmy was so great.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> was just sat on stage just the whole time. Just
0: he was like <laughs> off to the side, I think. Oh, okay. He he was he was on the mic or whatever. I don't remember mm-hmm. how they set it up, but it was. Just, oh man. Yeah, you know, that was a memorable, very valuable theater experience. I've had, well, if we're going to go like Gaspar Noe, high on Ket, Gravity. I wonder if you watched that in the theaters on <laughs> Ketamine.
1: Wouldn't be surprised. And also,
0: Ketamine like doesn't last the whole length of a movie, I don't think. You'd have to just keep re-upping. He'd have to bring Ketamine into the movie theater, unless he watched it at home.
1: <coughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know the context fully on this one, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm.
0: K-hold. He's, yeah, he's in the k
1: hole for Gravity. <laughs>
0: That's an interesting thing to say. <laughs> Gaspar is so funny. <laughs> yeah. He's such a, <laughs> a character, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love Weirdos. Oh well, Gravity
1: is only short, an hour and a half. Yeah.
0: It's only an hour and a half. I wonder if I'll revisit that one. Wouldn't be a bad podcast recommendation in the future.
1: True, true. It's just yeah, sa not crazy about Sandra Book. Uh mm-hmm. but it is very well made from memory.
0: hmm Yeah, I uh there's a there's another experience that I had with a movie that I'm going to talk about in a video, hopefully, that's out mm. by the end of the year, but I don't know. I'm trying to find the right way to say it, and I'm trying to find the time to do it justice. Mm. You yeah, have the right vocabulary. Uh, I've just been fucking recording all my TIFF shit this week, trying to get uh, some videos out before the month ends, and then I'm at VIF really soon, and then... Maybe sometime at the end of October and November, but yeah, I'm just trying to figure things out. I'm fine with one more question if you want to do one more. Okay, let me find a good
1: one to end on then. Okay. Okay, this one's kind of interesting. Zone. What film would be improved by making it longer? I got an answer for this being um, Blackberry. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was it was very, very well paced, but I, when it wrapped up, I was like, I could watch another half an hour of that. I feel like nice. I could easily... Have sat through more of that. It's because it's and it, it sticks in my mind because it's such a rare thought for me to have. Like, mm-hmm. I wish there was more of that. Like, I wish that was longer. Like, a, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, uh, apparently that's getting like a longer release.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Hearing on the the Jay episode, him saying that the, there's like a TV cut with like more stuff in. Like, yeah. That'll be oh, okay. That'll that's be cool. cool. Like, that, that'll probably scratch that itch. Yeah.
0: I feel this way about the, when I watched the original Little Mermaid, there's like this point in time with the Disney Renaissance stuff where they made movies really short and things probably could have been fleshed out a bit more purely because animation is just so expensive.
1: So expensive yeah, time-consuming. Yeah.
0: So something like that. Yeah, I
1: started re-watching that movie the other day, actually, because I, I mm-hmm. watched the Disney one. Uh, sorry, the uh, remake. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, <laughs> current Disney. The other yeah.
1: night. Yeah, yeah, new Disney. and was like, oh, man, I got I to gotta flush this out of my brain a little bit. So, yeah, mm-hmm. on the original, it's like, oh, this this rocks. This is like, the music's awesome. The visuals are great. Yeah, I need to finish that still. But, yeah, that's an interesting one. They are yeah. so brief.
0: Yeah. Every every year there will be something where I'm like, man, you could have just kept, kept that going and I would have kept watching it. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, at the end of the day, I also recognize it's better to have something short and sweet that you want more out of yeah. mm-hmm. than for something to overstay its welcome. Because you can just watch the movie again. Definitely. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you really yeah, want yeah. more, you can just watch the movie again. But uh, when something's too long, then it kind of like harms the experience a bit in ways where, you know, you almost want like a different edit and things to be cut out. Mm-hmm. The short version, yeah. Yeah, be careful what you wish for, I guess. Yeah, I feel like Agro Drift could have been longer. <laughs> no, yeah, double the runtime. Agro <laughs> Drift was already thirty times what the runtime probably should have been. <laughs> <laughs> At eighty minutes, I think it was. I think we probably would have gotten like a good three-minute movie out of it. Like literally, yeah. they could have just made a music video. It would have been great.
1: The Travis Scott music video would be fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I if I think of another one in the future, I'll let you know. Hell yeah! But I guess that's about it. We did it. We did it. Thank you. Nice. We have a guest next episode, and our guest mm-hmm. recommended a film. What are we talking about? It's a uh, our guest. Our guest is Papa Meat. Yeah. And it's uh, as in Meat Canyon, whatever we want to call. This meat boy. <laughs> uh, meat boy. <laughs> yeah. A superb meat boy. Papa Meat. He's recommending Videodrome. Which oh, cool. Which honestly seems appropriate given <laughs> his animation. Yep. To do some Cronenberg. Kron- there is a director's cut and that's what he's recommending. Apparently, there's it's a okay. slight difference. I haven't seen this movie in fucking forever, so it'll be like I'm experiencing it pretty fresh. I think I've only seen it once and it was a long time ago. So yeah, I'm in the same boat. Okay, here we go. All right. I couldn't
1: even remember a rating or anything.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Nice. Excited to talk about it. So if anybody listening hasn't seen Videodrome or doesn't want to be spoiled for David Cronenberg's Videodrome 1983 director's cut, watch it before the next episode comes out. These episodes come out every two weeks. Ugh, my, gotta, I had a yawn that's like fucking coming out here. Hold on. <laughs> you just got to get it out get the i'm gonna shit have to out fucking nap after this. i'm sorry Ugh. i haven't been getting a lot of sleep <laughs> you can listen to these episodes early go to sardonacast.com, sign up for premium it's only two dollars a month also patreon.com slash sardonicast will get you the same thing you can support the show feel good about yourself listen to it the thing and uh we'll i mean we keep talking about it listen to the thing we're gonna we're gonna start doing some fucking sponsorship ads or whatever sponsored bits we're still working that out we're still figuring it out we're very busy yeah we're looking we're looking yeah we're gonna start doing that and if you don't like hearing those things just you want to sign up for premium because those will be ad free those will not have those in it premium or the patreon one uh what else am i saying <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> uh we got merch. Merch links in the description. sardonicast highlights channel. That's on YouTube. Um have a happy video drome.
1: <laughs> happy <laughs> Berg, Cronenberg.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry I ran out of energy. I'm just so tired. That I didn't get enough sleep. So you're allowed to do that in the outro. I'm trying my best, everybody. <laughs> Whatever, that was fun. Uh, Thanks for listening or watching or both, everybody. Bye. Bye.